could you imagine um <laughs> like the uh like the aspca uh, <laughs> <laughs> every night one cat is thrown onto the streets of london and every night one cat goes to the heavy side layer for just five cents a day <laughs> You can give these cats a home so they can steal from you. Any cat who has a house is stealing from the owners or doing something illegal under their noses. Your cat may be inviting hundreds of bugs to dance in your kitchen every night. (laughs) You just don't know. Hello and welcome the to... The Jellicle Moon <laughs> is shining bright. Jellicles come to the Jellicle Ball. Jellicle cats come out tonight. Jellicles come to the Jellicle Ball. Jellicle cats are white and black. Jellicle cats are of moderate size. Jellicle jump like a jumping jack. Jellicle cats have moonlit eyes. Sophia, it's happening. <laughs> I was a little suspicious because you kept saying, oh, I don't want to step on your intro How many times I asked you exactly how you do your <laughs> intro? Yeah, I thought it would give me away. Mm-hmm. 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 But I was like, no, maybe this time Brendan will give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Movie Struck. It's a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. Uh, and this is the Cats episode. <laughs> no- <laughs> I didn't know it was about the people who watch them, too. In theory, well, you know, it's sort of like a social experiment, you know, that's what I tell myself anyway, because, yeah, <laughs> you bring people on, they pick whatever movie you want, you really get some insight into their personality. You should know, as someone who's come on the show and picked so far, um, Beach Blanket, Bingo, and Annette, I feel like. <laughs> well, I didn't pick this one, Sophia. No, you didn't. Uh, usually, big con heads will remember that I usually <laughs> come at Brendan for some instance in our past, but since mm-hmm. I did ask you to do this episode, it does feel right to uh, give you a pass. Yeah, but this is the the patron select patron supported cats episode. Uh, patron thank- select from the Prime <laughs> catalog. <laughs> it does sort of sound like a really fancy brand of like cat food, <laughs> which is appropriate. <laughs> the food patrons ask for by name. <laughs> Just them on the Discord. Are you gonna do cats yet? What are you doing, cats? You said you do cats. cats? <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you to everyone who supported uh, the patron drive back in September because this episode will come out after that. I assume we're recording it in September. It's very confusing. Timelines are great and. Uh, <laughs> it's the first of the two episodes y'all supported and because people joined up i asked brendan to come back and watch cats because uh we saw cats together way back when it came out <laughs> it felt That's appropriate just... <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> not like a people told us to do it like, no 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 no, no. <laughs> we both independently were like oh i want to see cats and i think that brendan or sophia would be the person who would also want to see cats <laughs> <laughs> So we're really bringing it full circle. Uh, and cats, uh, <laughs> Sophia, I don't know if you've mentioned in the pod before, uh-huh. cats unfortunately holds a very f- specific place in your heart, <laughs> time-wise. Yes, it was the last movie I saw in theaters before the pandemic really shut everything <laughs> down. So for a good year and a half to two years, this was the last movie I had seen physically in a movie theater. What a way to go out. I know. <laughs> I, I Mine was... I think I saw this, and then I saw Sonic the Hedgehog after it, but then, mm. unfortunately, it's such a... Uh, democracy dies with a fizzle, man, you know? But then I ended up seeing uh, Ben Affleck's The Way Back, uh. his alcoholic basketball coach movie. <laughs> Couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about it, except there's a scene where he drinks 24 beers in a night. Just 
<laughs> I like that we're very early getting into the uh, Brendan comes to this podcast and talks about movies that aren't the movie that we're here to talk about. Sophia, this moment. podcast is about movies and the people who watch them. <laughs> I'm telling you facts about me, a person who has watched movies. You know Not what? specifically you cat. Got me. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about Cats. Cats 2019, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, we all remember the first moment we saw the trailer and... <laughs> Oh boy, did it stay consistent after that. <laughs> no surprises. <laughs> nope. And I feel like we should just address at the top of the show. We watched Cats like 15 minutes ago. We finished watching Cats together. Yes, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> a brief intermission. Yes. But yes, we watched Cats together as a unit. I want everybody to, I want, I want people to get in my headspace. The uh-huh. last time I saw Cats, we were days away from a catastrophic pandemic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This time I'm watching Cats. I'm sick. I have a fever. I watched it. We watched it over a video show. I, please support um, these companies <laughs> and these small artists. Please uh, pay for your rentals. Uh-huh. We watched it over a video sharing application. The video itself was in 480p. It was coming to me much less. <laughs> I got every 10th frame. Hmm. That feels like a way to enjoy Cats. No, this is the, the only way, I think. <laughs> If you're not going to be sitting in a theater full of people who may or may not be ready to experience cats, this is the second best option. This is the thing that pissed me off about when we <laughs> supposed to see cats. Everybody saw it. It's very famous. It's not that famous. In my circles, everyone saw the video of, a, of an audience full of people, including perhaps led by Demi Adejuebe from uh, September 21st fame, <laughs> on their feet, clapping along and singing to the song Mr. Mistopheles. Not when we went to see, not our, not our room, <laughs> no. not our room, dead quiet, this room, because then when we were leaving, there were about 12 of us in this theater, when we were all leaving, I heard multiple people say to the people they went to the movie with, that was really bad, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> what were you expecting? <laughs> I know, but we should we could have united, we could have rallied, we could have been on our feet singing Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> Because people who, like, very quickly realized that they, Cats was not what they thought it was going to be, somehow they had missed every promotional image for it, and they had still made it into the theater, like, left. So you'd think everyone who was sticking it out by the time we get to Mr. Mistopheles is going to be into it. No. No. When I, go- <laughs> when I go to see a movie, I like to see how long the show was based off of Ray on Broadway and no other information about it. I don't like to see... I don't like There's to listen definitely- to a song... <laughs> There's definitely a subset of this audience who may have just been there for Jennifer Hudson's performance, and I can't blame them for that. <laughs> but imagine, like, you're, like, a dedicated old woman. You go to see all of Jennifer Hudson's movies. And on that list at some point is Cats. Like, <laughs> and she doesn't appear for a minute, like, to mm-hmm. really give any stuff. And she only appears for a minute. <laughs> I also, because I was remembering, uh, I, I was about to ask if you were, like, excited to see anybody in this movie. But I am remembering when we went to see this movie, when when we exited the car, you were like, Brendan, I heard Taylor Swift's really good at this movie. <laughs> She's like the standout. That was the buzz. I didn't. <laughs> that was the word, on the, word on the street. <laughs> well, but we should, I guess, jump into Cats. I... <laughs> whatever plot there may be holding this review together because oh boy it's cat's day and we're gonna celebrate it uh we (laughs) open on the moon the jellical moon as we'll learn very shortly 
and we pan down into London with so much neon in a time period that I could not identify. And really, I don't think I was ever meant to. Queen Victoria was alive in the lifespan of a cat. This is the only... (laughs) I forget exactly what her reign was. As an American, I don't care enough to look it up. But... (laughs) I'm just being... Sorry about Queens if you're listening in the UK. Um, but several times, several of these cats have existed in the time of Queen Victoria. So I think it's yes. like the 1910s, maybe? Something. Well, it could either be when, because Cats, the musical, is based off of uh, Old Possum's book mm-hmm. of Cats, which I do have right next to me, um, the T.S. Eliot collection of poems, <laughs> just in case we need to reference. And then Cats, the musical, written in a different time periods. Mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber, something like that. It had synths, so you know it was recent-ish. Mm-hmm. And they didn't take the synths out to try to no. make it any more period appropriate. <laughs> I'm glad they left the synths in. That's very, mm. that gives it some flavor. Um, I love the synths too, because they're like pre-built, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a character who, who, uh, who will be coming up, I can imagine, uh, often during this uh, podcast called McCavity. Mm-hmm. And his synth sound is like two or three on the dial. <laughs> it's just... Wah, wah, wah. It's, uh, it's great. And I think that that's... We'll get to Beautiful Ghost when we get to it, but a big part of why I think that song stands out uh, so much from the rest of the music in the show. <laughs> I wrote something similar down. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. I never get to take notes with someone at the same time. We're really mm-hmm. learning at the moment. Uh, so a lady gets out of a car. There's a very long haunting musical sequence. Car driving around. Human person. We don't see their face. We just see her from like the knee down. Gets out of a car. Chucks a sack into an alley. She leaves. It's the last time we'll see a human being in this film. Big musical <laughs> hit when... <laughs> The pillowcase hits the ground. Yes. Big, like, because I mean, all of it's like, and then bam, now we're in it. Cats has begun. The overture is ceased. I did have a moment where I was like, oh, I'm going to have Brandon on this podcast. And usually when he does music related movies, which has been three times now, uh, he sings a little bit along to it, which I think is very great. Uh, but I'm like, how much of the Cats <laughs> soundtrack can we get away with humming along to in this podcast? Oh, I'm, I, that's, this is the problem is I'm, I, I've got perfect pitch. I may sing it too perfectly. You're going to get copyright <laughs> struck. I'll take the risk. Um, get on a the, long call with ASCAP. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll have a big, like, you know, guys, hey, did you really think Cats was going to get any other play? I feel like this is as good advertising <laughs> as you're going to get. <laughs> you know, maybe build it up enough to get a second theatrical run a la Morbius, the other movie I got to watch for this Patreon event. I feel like it's only fair that you watch that twice. <laughs> One for each run. That feels right. Maybe. We'll see. If we were doing that, though, because Cats came out in March of 2020, I believe. I think it just came out in March. So really, you should have only watched like the first 10 minutes of it. Because yeah. this is going to run in theaters for years. Years. It's going to be like a road show. <laughs> I did have a moment of fear. I'm like, what if they start trying to like Rocky Horror Cats? But I don't think it quite oh, hits right. We don't care enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see the plot of Cats or just go see Cats on stage instead. Here we are. Um, speaking of Cats, there's so many of them on screen now, if you can call them that. And they are surrounding the, <laughs> the pillowcase with like lots of red ominous lighting. They have no <laughs> idea what the fuck they're looking at. Like they've never... <laughs> These cats live on the street. You think this is a pretty normal thing for them? What if no, them no, swats no. at it? It just goes immediately. Like, 
Uh, also, I feel like we do need to elephant in the room talk about what the cats look like for a moment. They look great. <laughs> Why? They look like cats. What the fuck are you talking <laughs> The frequency of human hands. Um, everyone just looks so naked all the time, except for the two or three who get to wear, like, pants. I have a theory about this. That's you just do? for later in the pod. I have okay. a theory about this. Emerging from the sack is Victoria, our audience surrogate cat. Uh, and all the other cats scatter away as she emerges, she's a little white cat. Uh, and then they immediately jump into the first song of the show. <laughs> this is... Let me bring this up, actually. Mm-hmm. I have, a, I have a lot of lyrics brought up on my phone. <laughs> you did say you needed to do some research before we jumped into the podcast during there the intermission. Are... <laughs> this, is, this is research I already had pulled. <laughs> So these these aren't any cats, Sophia. I feel like no. you're <laughs> I feel like you're diminishing their status. <laughs> these are jellical cats. Jellical cat. Well, what's a jellical cat, Brendan? Well, Sophia, let me ask you a series of questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you blind when you're born? Can you see in the dark? Dare you look at a king? Would you sit on his throne? Can can you say of your bite that's worth Worse than your bark? Are you... <laughs> Sorry. I'm just on, like, Google. Like, I'm not even, not even on, like, the, like, the website. And it says, are you C of the walk when you're walking alone? You can be C of the walk. <laughs> Google's getting puritanical on us. When you fall on your head, do you land on your feet? Are you tense when you sense there's a storm in the air? Can you find your way blind when you're lost in the street? Do you know how to get to the heavy side layer? Hell's the heavy side layer. Hell it. Because Jellicles can. Jellicles too. But what is a jellical? That's the question we're going to answer in this movie mm. ostensibly. That's the only question. Let me, if you've never watched the film, <laughs> when you're watching it, that's the only question you're going to have. You go, what's this silly little word? Yeah. I can't, I can't concentrate on the rest of the plot. No, and they're going to constantly tell you what it is, but also they're going to constantly contradict themselves. So you're never really quite sure. And that's, isn't that the <laughs> magic of cats at the end of the day? <laughs> Uh, at one point in this dance, there's a cat that hits a bell, and they, the whole music just sort of stops for like 0.2 seconds, and they let the bell ring, and yes. then they go back into the song. <laughs> it looks straight <laughs> up like the Liberty Bell. And I was like, <laughs> dancing around a bunch of trash. And it kind of in this first number, uh, the set feels more <laughs> tangible in a way that I thought maybe the sets in the show will be good throughout the rest of this movie and not was like, feel strange. Mm-hmm. There were like trash piles that they were climbing up on top of. Yeah. You could tell it was like physical, that like they built the big props in perfect one-to-one scale with how big a cat mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I also, they we do need to mention, because this is going to come up a lot in this film. Um, and I, I can't pull the exact lyric in front of me, but I, I, I mentioned something to my notes. Uh, magic exists. Yes. <laughs> magic exists and is very important. <laughs> There's some uh, line about uh, uh, riding a broom with witches in the opening. Also, um, <laughs> one of the questions if you're a jellico cat is something to the effect of, have you seen heaven and hell? Heaven and. <laughs> <laughs> and they can freely travel between the three realms, you know. They are just, uh, mm. that's the magic of the jellico cat. When the jellico moon is out, <laughs> not only do they dance and sing songs of themselves, Mm-hmm. They travel between heaven and hell and what have you. And as they're debating what a jellicle is to Victoria, who is confused but getting into the vibe, uh, they dance out into the square and all of my hopes for the sets looking uh, in any way Ooh. fun uh, was quickly dashed. <laughs> <laughs> they sort of pan around the signs and there's like a moment where all the lights go out, all the neon, and the sign that said Moriarty changes to say McCavity. And we know now that we've entered cat's land instead of <laughs> human land. 
It's also I I it's it it this whole movie takes place. <laughs> it's a real before sunset. This, this whole movie takes place in one evening. <laughs> one it's like eight p.m. This is one a- crazy <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eight p.m. They're in a big square in like the middle of London. There's no cars. No one on the streets. Nope. No, no humans. They've Nothing. purely let this. It's like uh, this is the only reference I have. But it's like Arkham Asylum. How they're just like mm. maybe we'll just give them a fifth of the city, and then we won't have to deal with cats. <laughs> this could anymore. be Cat's Town. I wonder, like, because the uh, there was a moment where like the human stuff changes to cat stuff, and after that, all the signs and things are now mm. cats related. That's when you get like Milk Bar and stuff. Also, only starts appearing after this, which we'll get to Milk Bar. I promise, we'll get to Milk mm. Bar. <laughs> Much quicker than you think, too. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> I don't mean to stop and break down. I feel like I, I, I have to know. I'll, I'll note. I haven't listened to many other episodes of, of mm-hmm. your show. Um, do you all... I feel like often on our episodes, we're like, everybody chill out. <laughs> like, give us half an hour to 45 minutes. We'll fucking tell you what we mean. <laughs> I feel like, you know, as the narrator cat of this podcast, you know, monkey trap, get out of here. Move out of the kind- way. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what cat I would be. Obviously, <laughs> when we joined the studio that we record in, you put your name down. Um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is as good a time as any to broach this subject. Brendan, you did, I think, assign yourself a cat. <laughs> you I don't know. I When I signed in, it just said that. I don't know what it was. It was something. <laughs> no, yeah, my screen name is currently Brimble Camps, the regional railway cat. I'm a septiman for life. <laughs> Someone has to be. Skibble shanks can't be everywhere all at once. Um, but no, I, I think maybe more than average in the episodes that you're on, do we tell the audience to chill? We'll get there when we get there. Uh, and <laughs> I'm Calm just... <laughs> down. I already paused the podcast for like 10, 15 minutes. Take five, take a walk. Guided meditation. <laughs> and if you need a pause in the music, congratulations, because the song Jellicle Cats is going to turn into a little bit like a hymn situation, and then uh, only when McCavity goes, what? Will the song pick back up? <laughs> Which is the first of many times he'll just say words. <laughs> um, but you see, I think you might see a wanted poster, or is that just the name of, uh, is that just the, the poster that changes from uh, Moriarty's to McCavity's? Uh, I think... I want to say that's a wanted poster, but there's just pieces mm-hmm. of paper all over the set that very well but, could be if it wasn't that. But he's sort of away from the other cats. He's got this yeah. big hat on. He's got a big fur coat. Big, big fur coat. Don't get too attached to that coat, but it's there right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing I had a lot of problems with in this movie is figuring out which cats would get to keep their like overcoats and which ones wouldn't. Um, because you I think maybe... Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm very excited <laughs> to hear them. Um, but no, McCavity... He's definitely got a little bit of a spooky vibe. Um, he's a little away from the other cats. Maybe this will come into play later on. Also played by Idris Elba, who I think I've mentioned this on past episodes, but I'm desperate to have coffee with his casting agent or his just agent in general <laughs> because he does. The man gives his all in every role, but man, mm-hmm. he'll do a fucking anything. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like everything has been like earning him points for James Bond. But then yeah. recently we were like, were he like, spent his whole career playing James Bond. He's too old now. We can't possibly. <laughs> Poor Idris. Poor Idris. Uh, they all, the cats, list kinds of cats. <laughs> One of them is metaphorical cats. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you don't have to be a cat to be a jellical cat. No. Mistopheles, the magical cat, uh, says magical cats. And on that, all the cats scatter. <laughs> 
Sorry, he also earlier he says romantical cats and puts a like a heart like a Justin Bieber like 20, 2011 heart in front of his chest and then later he says magical cat. This he's a Here's something that becomes very important. Mm-hmm. You're everyone's a jellical cat, but you can only be one kind of cat. You can't be two kinds of cat, Mr. No, no, no. You gotta pick, Mistopheles. Are you gonna pick your love or the love of the game? You know. <laughs> uh, but all the cats- and also, Mr. Mistopheles, <laughs> he is a magician. He's not magic. No, straight magician. He's got a little sequined jacket that he wears, a little top hat. <laughs> I think he's a little, a little wand bow. at one point. <laughs> It's a pencil. Isn't that cute? Isn't that charming? What size is the cat supposed to be? <laughs> Sophia, I said this a couple times when we were watching this. I hate to keep harping on it. I feel like I know exactly how tall these cats are. They're between five and a half and six and a half feet. It's just what size are the people <laughs> who need tiny little playing cards and little books and pencils. It feels like every scene they just change the size of the people whose homes they're invading or what have you, and it really throws me off. <laughs> Maybe it's a magical little world full of magical sized people. You don't know. No, I need them. You like, gotta give so... all the credit in the world. <laughs> <laughs> there's too much happening. I need one consistent point, and it's gonna be what size these people are supposed to be. Because we see they... a person from the knee down, and they're not mm-hmm. five to six feet. So. <laughs> They, Sophia, I, I, I don't want to, you know, you, you, you watch a lot more movies than I do. You've got a whole podcast about it. Um, but Sophia, I have to trust. I mean, they made the whole movie. There must be an answer somewhere. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's just some, some questions don't need answers. Specificity, not clarity, as some would say. <laughs> so the cats all scatter. Cats all run the fuck cats away. Cats all scatter. Victoria's left alone. McCavity shows up and talks about how depraved he is without revealing exactly who he is. He talks about how McCavity is so spooky, but he's like, doesn't ever say I'm McCavity. And then he disappears again. Uh, he disappears <laughs> uh, with the word magic. <laughs> it's not my favorite of the McCavity disappearing words, but it's up there. Um, it's great to start us off on a high note. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Victoria runs off uh, right into Monk and Strap, the narrator cat, who starts with the naming of cats. All of this movie is just moments... Where songs barely connect to each other, and it mm-hmm. sort of forms a narrative, as we'll see. They get all spooky, and they're like whispering about their names, sort of like this slam poetry. Me off. <laughs> yes. In the song, they say that like a cat has three different kinds of names. Mm-hmm. They list two different kinds of names a cat can have, because <laughs> they say you have a family name, which is like the cat. Well, yes. like what uh, what kind of a cat? You're like the people who own you called. And their examples are Peter, Augustus, Alonzo, and James. <laughs> <laughs> Those are um, um, the direct quotes from the naming of cats, the poem. <laughs> Sophia, can you read us through the, main, the naming of cats? Yes. The naming of cats is a difficult matter. It isn't just one of your holiday games. You may think at first I'm as mad as a hatter when I tell you a cat must have three different names. First of all, there's the name that the family use daily, such as Peter, Augustus, Alonzo, or James. Such as Victor or Jonathan, George or Bill Bailey. (laughs) All of them sensible, everyday names. And then they go into the next kinds of names, which I feel like you have a secondary point about the next name they give. Because the main points are there's a name you're given, Mm -hmm. and then there's a secret name that you have that you don't tell anybody else. 
<laughs> but in between, they're like, and I guess this is what they're counting as the third one. There's like, oh, and some cats have kind of sillier names. But that's the same kind of name as a family cat name. <laughs> Sometimes they're not called James. They're called like Mr. Mittens. That's not a third kind of name. You don't have all three of those kind of names. I do like that the names that they give for that category in the poem because it's just some of the cats that appear in the musical because mm-hmm. it's Smunkestrap, uh, Bomb Ballerina, uh, but also Quaxo, Coricopat, and Jellyorum, who I don't remember <laughs> seeing on screen, but I desperately wish had appeared. I'm sure they all had names. Yeah, but the third name's no human can discover. The, only the cat knows that one. It's their deep and inscrutable singular name. As T.S. Eliot wrote all those years ago, <laughs> appropriately. I do wonder if my cat, Ziggy, knows her real, her name sometimes. Um, this is not about the movie, but I do <laughs> think about it occasionally. <laughs> well, she... Well, this is the question. Does she know her name? I bet. Yeah, I'm sure she's answered to it more sometimes. Her <laughs> association with food. But... Because the, the other thing is, she's got a name that you know nothing about. What do you think her own name for herself Ooh. is? Secret name. Secret name. Secret name. It's got to be completely different from Ziggy, right? Because, like, you know, I assume Bill Bailey is, like, Monkus Trap or something, right? That, mm-hmm. There's no one-to-one. She's really, like, what kind of cat is Ziggy? Is she a Gumby cat? She might be a Gumby cat, She a railway frankly. cat? <laughs> She's not a railway cat. She doesn't travel very far. In fact, she hates all forms of transportation. Mm-hmm. Um like looking at birds and things so that's probably gumby cat territory so we're well jenny any dots that's not really that's like a series of words that's not like a funky but is that that's not her name that's that's not her name that's not her that's not her name that's that's not her secret inside name (laughs) all of these cats have secret inside names we know nothing about and they do like a whole little ballet dance with Victoria and Monkestrap, which I assume was her figuring out her secret inside name or something. But in the middle of this very like somber sequence, Mistopheles pops in. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe you said as we were watching, uh, it looks like he's about to start stripping. In the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something just about the music cue when he walks in. <laughs> and really he's like, let me get in on this. <laughs> uh, and he just sort of falls down off of a wall. He's fine. <laughs> Monkostrap then narrates the whole plot of what we'll watch in the next couple scenes. Um, yeah. you, there's, they're all Jellicle cats. They're going to go to the Jellicle Ball, where all of the cats who want to try and vie for being chosen to go to the heavy side layer are going to perform a song of who they are and what they do. And uh, then Old Deuteronomy will make her Jellicle choice, and one of them will get to go to the heavy side layer to be reborn, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really get to know more than that, and we don't need to. All you gotta know is they're making some jellical choices. <laughs> <laughs> Strong jellical choices being made from the production mm-hmm. standpoint, from the, <laughs> the acting. Something you can say about cats is that some choices were made, and that feels like a fair <laughs> give me to the to top. You can say anything you want about cats. Say- that would be true. Uh, but then. Uh, Monk and Strap's like, let's go see one of the cats getting ready for the Jellicle Ball, and this is where we meet Jenny Any Dots, who is Rebel Wilson, and uh, <laughs> she's the Gumby cat, which will just seems to be like a kind of lazy cat I by think, day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this is this is I uh, this is this is something I noticed about. There's something I noticed watching the movie this time, gives it sort of a, a Willy Wonka kind of vibe to me. <laughs> 
Because uh, Monkey Strap describes a Gumby cat as like they sit around and they do nothing all day. But Jenny Any Dots, if you want to get picked for the heavy side layer, you have to be like the most you kind of cat you are. So she's a Gumby cat. She has to be the most Gumby cat she is. But at the end of the day, what of course she likes to do is uh, teach uh, mice and beetles and uh, cockroaches how to, how to sing and dance. <laughs> and it's a real whole production. It's a whole the, system. The hundreds, if not thousands of bugs and mice she's teaching <laughs> to march. And, Imagine and, and, living in that apartment. And, and not knowing. Not Imagine knowing. walking in <laughs> on 2,000 beetles all in a line with little top hats. Under and they your all, counter. I imagine everything freezes. They all look at you. You look at all of them. Then they all just scatter like bugs do. <laughs> <laughs> Every which way is just a little scuttling. Maybe one leaves a top hat behind. The only evidence <laughs> of what has taken place. I, know, of course, I think it's essential to note, of course, the mice are children. <laughs> yes, the mice are children. Like, not like, oh, they're supposed to be young characters. Like, no, they're played by child actors. And you can... It's... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being a kid. You're like, I'm going to get into acting. My mom let me be on the set. What do I got to do? They're like, you have to wear this funky little suit. And we're going to add a bunch of special effects. And they're like, wow, I can't wait to see what I'll possibly look like. And then you go to the theater and you see the movie you were in. And it's Cats. And you look crazy. You're like, who is this mouse? (laughs) They look like... You ever see like those Pixar shorts that are like from before they made Toy Story? (laughs) (laughs) That's the level there. They're like, you can count the polygons on these on these little mice. Oh, yes, also, yes, yes. <laughs> in terms of uh, child acting ethics, mm. it's I don't, I don't like bringing in other stuff. Oh, you, you, you pointed out how much I do. But like in terms, would you rather your child be in Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal Ooh. <laughs> and forced <laughs> to live in a house and pretend to be his child for weeks at a time? Or would you rather that your kid was a dancing mouse in Cats. I think I have to go Cats because I do think that the long-term psychological effects of Cats <laughs> are probably not quite as bad, but I do think I'm opening them up to a world of mockery when they hit high school and middle school. Yes. There's no way that this is... this. Mm. It's like being like the baby on Teletubbies or something or like the kid on the Nirvana album, you know? it's <laughs> You're never going to live that one down. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> and this is because also I just before we get off of it because there's not much fucking to say about a lot of these songs. <laughs> no, she's the gumpy cat. She sings her point. her song. It's this one is just fine, and she the big thing of it is that there's all these dancing bugs and mice, and it's mm. terrifying. Which the bugs who are played by adults, not the mice. Yes, the bugs sometimes with reckless abandon. Not any specific. You did the move wrong, or oh, you 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 turned out of line, or you're or you're, or you're trying to leave. Sometimes she'll just fucking eat them. Like yeah. she's their benevolent god who gave them gave them the ability to sing and dance. Do a little kick line. She's like, well, and... chomp. There's a point in the song where like it gets really, you know, builds up and up, and all of, everything's dancing all at once. And you can like they pan around, and like other cats are also eating the bugs. It's just like a dancing smorgasbord to them. Uh, also in the song, I feel like it's important because it is kind of the Chekhov's skin suit (laughs) of this movie. Uh, She removes a layer of her skin to reveal the exact same appearance, but with like a little leotard on underneath and she unzips it like it's got a zipper. And it's terrifying. (laughs) 
And like the leotard is like poofy. Like it's got a little, not weight, yeah. but it's got a little wiggle around room to it. Like that must have been like, it had to be like, like a, it had to be a cat suit. It had to be a cat suit. And I don't know that mm-hmm. they were trying to make a cat suit pun. I think they were just trying to horrify me. <laughs> if they were going to make a cat suit pun, Rebel Wilson would have said it. Because <laughs> this is after her number. Rebel Wilson is resigned to, for the rest of the movie that she's in, just sh- just saying lines with the word yeah. fucking cat in them. That's so, that's like a cat burglar joke. They'll just, cat burglar. I'm so, unfortunately, I, I wish I was more <laughs> thorough. Uh, the note I wrote was they'll just cut to Rebel Wilson saying shit sometimes. Yeah, because the way her song ends is basically Rum Tongue Tugger, who is Jason Derulo, shows up and... <laughs> 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 Uh, is that exclusive? Is this the first time I'm Sophia singing on the podcast? Oh! <laughs> I wish I had known. We would have crooned some Annette numbers together. No, I don't think that would have happened. <laughs> uh, but Jason Derulo shows up. He immediately starts heckling um, <laughs> Jenny Any Dots. And uh, Rum Tongue Tugger starts his little number, which I kind of like. The, this song a little bit of the songs in cats it's, i think yes. this is one of the more fun ones that they changed for the movie uh to keep it some mm-hmm. kind of princey vibes a little bit a little, <laughs> yeah. what he's doing i'm agreeing <laughs> <laughs> but he's one of the cats who has a big coat on and will lose the coat part way through the song uh which is mm-hmm. unfortunate because he looks so much better with the coat on and then afterwards he just looks so much more naked like all the other cats do in this movie He's got, you know, with fur coats, sometimes, like, on the lapel, they'll be, like, it'll, like, poof out, like, much more, yeah. it'll be a different color. The cat's, the film answer to that is that he's wearing a normal fur coat, but on his chest, he just has much, much more hair than the rest of it. So it looks very <laughs> <Yes>. unnatural. <laughs> yeah, but he starts his big number about how he's, you know, um, a curious cat. He, you know, if he, if he, if you offer him pheasant, he'd rather have grouse. He's very, mm-hmm. um, what is the word? Flip-floppy. Not flip-floppy. Not flip-floppy. Contrary, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, As some just, cats are. As some cats often are. Um, mm-hmm. But he starts leaving everyone at this jazzy number, and they're all out in the street. Uh, and also, away. I feel like... Sorry, <laughs> I, not to interrupt. <laughs> no, I, it's please. just so essential to me. It's uh, 99% of the cats in the ensemble want to fuck from Tum Tum. Like I, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's important... <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I, you, I'm, you, you, you've got a smart audience. I'm sure they already picked up on it. But like, people are down bad for down bad uh, the rum tum tugger. They're trying to keep pouring milk into their mouths. They're falling yes, over. They each go other. to a milk then, bar, which is a thing that exists in the cat's version of the universe. Uh, he's got all the like lady cats dancing around him, and they're all going crazy. Uh, and Mistopheles is always sort of like jealously like. <laughs> <laughs> Rum Tum Tugger is a terrible bore. Yeah, is the quote he says uh, next to um, next to the note that I wrote of uh, God, Mister Mistopheles is such a cuck. <laughs> and like right after that too, you get one of those rebel because Rebel Wilson's gonna have like two cutaways before she mm-hmm. gets magicked away by McCavity, and this is the first one where she makes a joke about him being neutered, and that's why he can hit all the high notes. Uh, and yes. I was like, oh, so they just filmed Rebel Wilson like doing improv for however many minutes <laughs> and just picked the jokes they thought would work the best. Which means there's stuff on the cutting room floor. Oh, she is a one-take. A hundred percent, there are jokes on the cutting. Her and um, 
uh, James Corden definitely were just like, hey, we're going to bring you guys to set. Um, just do jokes for a while and we'll just use what we want to use. And <laughs> there's also just, you got to point to it. Uh, Rum Tum Tugger at one point, like uh, he has, I believe he holds out uh, on a very high note, the name Victoria when he's singing to Victoria. At yes. no point did he ever learn Victoria's name. No, she he hasn't had a that. whole song about who she is and what she does yet. We don't know any, we don't know about <laughs> Victoria, the audience surrogate cat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wrote, um, no judgment. Um, but on the, um, on the topic of, uh, people wanting to fuck, uh, the Rum Tum Tugger, um, <laughs> I wrote without any specific context, but I do believe it is in that vein. Um, <laughs> I, I did write the note. Somebody left this movie changed for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the song where they have Jason Derulo scream milk. Uh, milk. <laughs> I know that this is like the most frantic and unhinged plot summary i think we've ever done on the show but also this is exactly what it feels like to be watching cats it's just a series of moments mm-hmm. appearing in your face while a song happens there's also a hundred percent some like real cat cat sounds that are added into the mix of this song <laughs> there's like a few moments where i'm like that is a real cat there's no way a human being is making that sound um sometimes they it feels <laughs> like they only told some of the actors and they're like oh and you're a cat so meow yeah. like james Corden meows ian mckellen meows very few other cats will meow or i think judy dench at some point makes a little excited sound yes it's not part of their vocabulary no which is a shame because they did go to cats boot camp to learn how mm-hmm. to act like cats which do you think was harder cats boot camp or madonna boot camp mm. there's only one madonna it's only one but madonna, she's no cat but she's no cat and the cat is sort of like a whole other have to play like a whole other species you know you got a master movement of someone who walks on four legs instead of two sometimes uh, some- yeah, sometimes <laughs> sometimes i suppose i feel I like mean, you show up at cat's yeah, boot camp yeah and they're just like you ever crouch and they go what yeah sure they only make <laughs> one person ask? in this movie like purposefully crawl away and it's fucking it's coming up in a moment because uh, <laughs> Rum Tum Tucker kind of comes to an end. His song goes out more or less without a hitch uh, and he runs out into the street before hissing at a mysterious cat. Who could it be? It's Grizabella. Victoria the starts... Glamour cat. <laughs> the gl- former glamour cat. Former um, glamour cat. Victoria approaches her doing a little song about how run down <laughs> Grizabella is and the other cats join in to sing about how she used to flirt with danger and run with the cavity and once was the glamour cat but now she's fallen uh, from grace and what have you and the other cats circle her and they make Jennifer Hudson scuttle away on all fours <laughs> sadly she crawls <laughs> out of the scene and it's a really long take and they keep cutting back to her crawling away I I feel like it would be, as as the guy who comes on talking about musical movies, I feel like it would be my, it would be to my fault if I didn't mention that the music that is playing when Victoria sees Grizabella and Grizabella is approaching is very similar to the music that plays in Pink Floyd's The Wall when like the fascist <laughs> proxy band is about to sing. Do with it what you will. <laughs> more, more information to add to the pile. The running list of stuff that Brendan has talked about on the podcast, it is not the mm-hmm. movie Cats. Uh, it's There's important a- that we build it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a line they sing in there where I think it's something to the effect of a postman saw Grizabella. Yes. And said something. <laughs> I don't know. I forget the exact line, but the meaning I took from it was like, somebody should really kill that fucking cat. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so pathetic. 
Uh, we don't get to dwell on that too long because almost immediately Bustopher Jones is just in the movie now. He walks in. It's James Corden. <laughs> I was so goddamn fucking pissed off. Sophie, you can attest to this. When I had to yes. remember that James Corden is in this goddamn James Corden movie. is in this movie for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. He starts to sing about how he's the cat of St. James Street and he dines wherever, whenever. And meanwhile, like in a throwaway shot, Jenny gets magicked away by McCavity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just shows up and he just like poofs her off to who knows where. <laughs> uh, Bustopher Jones also, when he enters the movie, does have a coat and tails on. And very quickly into the song, he loses it. Let the cats keep the their clothes, damn it. It just... <laughs> It starts out, I'm like, maybe these designs can be salvaged by, like, fuzzing the radar. And then so quickly, I'm let down immediately by all of these cats. He goes uh, around explaining that he eats garbage from all these different locations. They go into a place that clearly has a a mix of practical and CG effects going on, but neither one is really working super well. Uh, And Mm. it's just a bunch of really big trash cans of trash food. (laughs) (laughs) And Bustopher's like, I just want to eat all this trash food. Uh, And that's sort of his whole deal. He's like, I had a great life. Give me another one so I can eat more trash food there's also i gotta i not to backtrack a little mm-hmm. sorry folks it's everybody calm <laughs> everybody stay calm shut the fuck out I feel like i'm cursing <laughs> a lot more than my other episodes uh <laughs> it really cats brings a, it out of you when uh before she gets magicked away Reverend wilson sees buster for jones and as if to insult him is about to say Oh, that old nutter butter. Like, there's no other thing that she could possibly say. No. But before she finishes the word butter, he starts his song by saying Buster for Jones. So it says, like, that old nutter Buster for Jones. As if, like, she was about to call him, like, a son of a bitch. Or, like, yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, what's the, what's, what's the clearest cut? Like, oh, so they'll think we said something dirty, but we didn't say something dirty. This one's for the parents there's in the point- audience. <laughs> <laughs> There's a point in the song where he's kind of reaching a crescendo at the end of the bridge, I believe. And mm-hmm. he's on one side of a plank of wood. Oh, yes. That's kind of seesawed out. And then the, it's very clear that someone else is supposed to jump on the other side and like seize, like bounce him up into the trash can so he can eat some... Trash. He eats the shell of a shrimp at one point. Visceral. Um, but uh, <laughs> he... Uh, Bust Jones... Uh, kind of a larger cat he spends all his time eating and uh there's this moment you can tell they you can tell there's not like a script right like they have yeah. lyrics but they have to speak <laughs> not much going on Mm-mm. um but they really they let james Corden just say whatever and he talks about how he's sensitive to his weight and that they need this is the this is the line he reads and this is exactly how he reads it yes please. first he goes to you i say so he's one of the cats who can <laughs> and then he goes Let's gather up a few of the cats, as if a little wink <laughs> to all of us watching, as if to say, hey, you know we're people, right? Like, we're not really cats in here. Piss me off. <laughs> yes, but they do get more cats, and they do launch him into a garbage can, which he then rolls around in, he knocks it over, all the cats start eating all the garbage, and then... Off in the distance of the alleyway, McCavity is back, and he is luring in <laughs> Bustopher Jones with a trash can full of better garbage, maybe, to eat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more garbage. The only way you could say about it. Mm-hmm. Also, McCavity keeps calling him Puss in Spats, uh, a name that no other cat will give him, and he will riff on later. And uh, <laughs> McCavity, like he, I think it was a line in the song, Puss in Spats, and he like he's so obsessed 
He thinks this is so funny as so if he's funny. not wearing a fur coat and a fancy little hat. And also if he himself does not have a song about himself in the back pocket. Like, <laughs> you can't, like, show up to yeah. the vaudeville and it's be like, oh my god, these guys have little songs about themselves. <laughs> no. No. No, you, no what game you're playing. Well, he does know what game he's playing because he lures Bustopher Jones to a trash can that he dives on into and disappears. And this time when McCavity exits scene, having uh, eliminated another competitor, he says, ineffable. <laughs> ineffable. <laughs> I love his little phrases. <laughs> <laughs> they use the word ineffable a lot. A lot. What I is- think old dudes... Old Deuteronomy for you. <laughs> Those weren't hip. I think with old it. dude says it a lot, but there's never like, there's never like a clear like meaning in it. Like oh, mm-hmm. they're returning to this. Like it's a motive. It's a motif. Excuse me. Um, it's just like you could tell Andrew Lloyd Webber like looked at the word ineffable at one point and was like, I'm gonna fit that in wherever I can. It's, it's a nice ten dollar word. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but having McCavity having appeared again, most of the other cats scatter, and Victoria is pulled up to uh, a wall and pulled into the world in the song of Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. It's their turn to sing about who they are and what they do. <laughs> They're regular cat and what do they burglars. do, Sophia? What's the big thing? <laughs> <laughs> These are, they're not, this, this is an important thing, too. This is a, this is a, this is a distinction we have to make. Uh-huh. We saw... So, like, they, we, we show up. Victoria shows up on the scene. They're like, this is what a jellical cat is. This is how cats get their names. Yes. There's going to be a competition tonight where people sing a song about themselves. Here's the first competitor. Her name is Jenny Annie Dodds. Here's the second competitor. His name is Buster for Jones. These mm-hmm. cats are singing about themselves for no other. Like, they have no motive. They're not like, and we're going to do this tonight at the big show. They're just like, well, uh, I don't know. We stole you out of a back alley, so you might as well want to hear what we're all about now. <laughs> Let's tell you our whole deal, because that's necessary for our whole deal, which is baked into stealth and crime. <laughs> and because their whole thing, they like, they steal from their, they're not other people's houses. They steal no. like things from their owners. And, but yes. then what every verse leads to is like, oh, and their owners, uh, once they realize something's missing, they go, it must have been Mungo Jerry or Rumble Teaser. Okay. <laughs> like, that, like, that's how they're telling you their owners feel about it. They're like, oh, I guess the cats got to it. Like, it's very, they're <laughs> so small time and sad. They would not have been chosen for the heavy side layer if they no, were no, singing no, this no. song. And that's why they're sort of subservient in the, in the hierarchy of cat criminals. It's like McCavity, Growl, Tiger, maybe, hmm. Mungo Jerry, Rumple the, Teaser, maybe. There's another one in there who's not relevant to the movie. Beret Cat. Beret Cat, maybe. You. Beret Cat who passes out free drugs. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Maybe our favorite of the villains, but still. <laughs> Both of us at the same time went, who's this fucking Beret Cat? Because <laughs> so few of the cats have clothes that when you do see one who has mm-hmm. clothes, you're like, what's their deal? And usually we learn it because like Skimbleshanks running around the background, his little red trousers, like you, you gotta know what his his whole deal is. And you find <laughs> out. But the Beret Cat just sort of shows up and it's like, what's he doing? <laughs> There's also, so the way that we were watching this, I, just, I thought I'd share with the audience. It's like, there's like a screen showing, Sophia was screen sharing, mm-hmm. uh, it was off center the whole time, I didn't want to say anything because I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh good. Um, and then there were our little videos, like from uh, from our laptops at the bottom of the screen. Something that we thought, <laughs> something that tickled us on multiple occasions is at one point like Sophia like cracked her neck a little, and at one point like I like cracked my knuckles. 
And it was very funny to see the other person do that and for almost a second be like, oh, Sophia, are you like seconds. swaying along? Are you like popping along? Really nodding you asked me if I was snapping my fingers. <laughs> it's a snap, you know, it's a very like sharks versus jets kind of snappy song. If you could sure. give, be as generous as to give it that. But I mean, the experience of watching this film, if you really mm-hmm. want to get to not only the movies, but the people who watch them. Yes. A fun, <laughs> the idea that we were so tickled by even the slightest chance of, oh my God, are you enjoying this? <laughs> I was constantly watching for it. I'm like, I know both of us have seen this movie before and I know that we had a good time. Mm-hmm. So there's a non-zero chance that this is going to turn into like, maybe we're jamming out to cats. Um, but I was hyper-focused on taking notes. <laughs> it was in. Unfortunately, I like the music of cats. I hate the words of cats. I don't like the cats <laughs> of cats. But Andrew Lloyd Webber pulls out the stops for the, for the tunes. Yeah. Um, but they're sneaking around Mungo Jerry and Apple Teaser. They're messing with all the human stuff, which is constantly changing size. What size are these people? Different size people. Different size people are different size. <laughs> different size strokes for different size folks. They're like, <laughs> they're like putting all this jewelry on Victoria and they like snap like what looks like like a hoop earring around her neck at one point, but it could and like rings as bracelets. And those are very different sized objects. And that's also very small for a cat to be wearing. And then they're on a kitchen table or dining table and the silverware is huge. <laughs> but then later we do see we do see uh, at at one point Mr. Mistopheles has a number if you can believe Uh, I already talked about it but he (laughs) as part of his act like pulls like forks and spoons out of his sleeves they're his wrist size different sizes oh and I want to talk about because we're just on the verge of what I I told Sophia I could talk to you for 20 minutes about. I see if I can. But I want to get this point out. Because this is uh-huh. a big thing. I was trying to ignore it when I was watching this time. But the first time we saw this movie together, this is a big thing that I realized. <laughs> I'm no biologist. Mm-hmm. I'm no zoologist. Mm-hmm. Imagine touching one of these cats. <laughs> like, imagine stroking one of these cats. Because when you touch... A human being, there's a little bit of give, sure, but we've got a hearty enough layer of skin. Uh-huh. Yar, you with me? But when you touch a cat, you can feel every bone in the cat's body, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like there's, they have very thin skin. Of course, it's fuzzy, but like, like, and their bones, they feel so much sharper than ours. <laughs> you know, they feel like there's so much more gaps. Like you could really, like, when you touch a cat, you're like, there's a skeleton in there. <laughs> And that's how I have to feel when I think about what it must be like to touch one of these humanoid cat people. Is that there's a give. That if you were to pat your buddy on the back, you'd feel all of his ribs individually. (laughs) What is it about this scene that made you think of this train of thought? Well, I was thinking about... ongoing throughout the movie. (laughs) No, this is something I think about all the time and uh, when I'm trying to fall asleep at night. Um, (laughs) But when I was thinking about the idea that Mr. Mistopheles had a wrist... (laughs) <laughs> but it is also different, yeah. in terms of anatomy mm-hmm. this scene this mungo jerry rumple teaser scene introduces something new into the world <laughs> <laughs> the finale of it yes they as they're going around the house trashing it uh they, they slide down a banister at one point and then they cut to completely different scenes, but we return to that banister where Victoria had very slightly bumped against a vase and that vase mm-hmm. finally, after teetering for too many minutes, shatters and you hear the barks of a dog implying that there is a dog <laughs> in this house and they do not show us this dog. What does it look like? 
<laughs> that there is a know. dog in the world. That there, because also too, if we've entered into Cat's Land, that means the if cats we have are like magically like the people making have, the decision like, to let the dog stick around, right? Like, or do they have no control? Or I guess I it's mean, any there's animals. Mice and there's, there's mice cockroaches, and the roaches, and the beetles. Hmm. But there's a a dog. And so Victoria, she's in. She ends up in a bedroom at the end of the song, and she's like, "God, it's a weird. It's a lot of backwards. I can't imagine who." <laughs> Like, when they were, like, beating up the script, they were like, of course, this is how we... But I guess her necklace, like, got caught on the back, uh, on, like, the headboard of yeah. the bed. And she's, like, struggling to get out of it. The door's a little bit of ajar, and you can hear the dog coming. Mr. Mistopheles has been watching this whole number. You don't see him once. He's been at the window. He knows exactly where <laughs> Victoria's been. He rushes in to go and help her. Yes. She wiggles out of the of the necklace just in time, and they start kind of slamming against the door. Two cats! Start slaving against the door. And it's a lot for them. So we can all, like... But also, like, so the door is open ajar a little ajar, bit. Ajar a little, Enough yeah. for, like, an animal that we've seen to be able <laughs> to get in at this point. So dog's bigger than the cat's Dog's are. bigger than the cat. And it has the strength of at least two cats, if not more. Mr. Bristopheles might be jacked in this world. We don't know. Cats aren't really strong. <laughs> he does. He magics out of his hat like a dog bone to throw to it and it's very mm-hmm. large proportional to the cats and that's how they draw the dog away um to allow them to fully yes. shut the door sparing the audience from finding out just what that dog looks like in what could have been a very prolonged chase sequence <laughs> but Sophia, i know so exactly in my heart what this dog looks like there's uh, only <laughs> there's only one answer <laughs> i'm gonna show you and you're gonna go Brenda. that's exactly what the dog looks like you know in tom and jerry <laughs> how they have a there's like a dog i believe his name is spike yes he's this gray dog he's got a white face he's got a big red collar i'm showing sophia a picture of spike the dog yes yep that's right <laughs> i see it right it's that but it's vin diesel like right <laughs> that's the only possible answer oh i love it so much wait that, <laughs> that is Maybe exactly they what that, that looks like that would have right? rocketed this would movie to the next dollars? level. I would... So much money to see <laughs> Vin Diesel or like, I could see maybe like a Dave Bautista moment happening if they were really going for it. <laughs> it just feels like a movie one of those two would do. Be too much if it was Pitbull. Too yeah, on the nose. Yeah, no, that's too, Cats too doesn't, clever. They don't, they don't stoop to those lows. Mm-mm-mm. No, immediately when I heard the dog bark for the first time in the theater, I was like, it looks like Vin Diesel. I spiked <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had such a clear vision because it really just crystallized for me now on this podcast, uh, hearing the description, <laughs> the vision and what it's it could be. It's been years since that's been in my head. It's been, <laughs> it's been two years. Does it feel good to finally have it out there in the world? You know? There are points I think I've thought about saying it to you, but then you were like, Brennan, we're going to do the Cats episode. And I'm like, save it. Save it. Um, there's also, this is a good point, they've imposed in this movie some sort of romantic subplot between Mistopheles and Victoria. They have like a moment of pause uh <laughs> they often look like they're about to kiss yes like they that's are... like the oh the... yeah the tension is there as though there were two humans about to kiss and uh i just want the audience to remember that these are cats so we'll see how that plays out <laughs> when we get to it uh yes. <laughs> but the moment of tension is broken as uh cool yourselves down folks <laughs> like i know i know you're telling yourselves to calm down but i know we've kind of sifted into a little bit of a, a spicier territory now but yeah, i mean <laughs> Take a cold shower, jeez. 
we also cut away from them to find out where Jenny and Bustafer have found themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a barge in the middle of the Tam- Tams? Thames? Thames. Thames. The River Thames. The River Thames. Because Growl Tiger sings his little song and he, little he slants around to Thames. And then James <laughs> Corden says the funniest fucking thing that's ever got, damn, fucking come out of his fucking <laughs> mouth, it looks like. He's like, oh, it's the River Thames. You can't just like slant to that. Yeah, so McCavity has magic them here, and he's like, I'm going to bring on my competition and store them here. And then he poops himself away, and this time he just says, meow. <laughs> 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 and it's my favorite one. Oh, my favorite one is still coming up. <laughs> 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 I forgot he says meow. But Growl Tiger, Growl Tiger, yes. Bustopher Jones says the thing about the Thames. Growl Tiger's reaction, which I think is uh, should be all of our reactions whenever James Corden makes any joke, is he takes his claw and he stabs James Corden in the forehead. Yes. <laughs> he's, like, he's like... And again, cats have thin heads. It's touch and bone. Uh, yeah, Growl Tiger's just sort of babysitting them here. It's also... It, he has like a full song in the stage play, right? <laughs> yes, I believe he has a longer song. Also, he's not... This is all sort of... From what I understand about the stage play, I haven't seen the whole thing. We did have, I don't know if you, Sophia, or, or any of our listeners at home uh, might, uh, <laughs> might uh, declutter some cobwebs uh, in the old subconscious. But uh, growing up, we did have the 1998 VHS uh, sta- <laughs> of the stage <laughs> version of the show, which uh, I urge you to look it up, especially the number Mr. Mistopheles is when I can remember it. Because sometimes, because there's, you know, again, there's magic. In this world, sometimes they'll do like a little magic effect that they'll like very clearly like drawn on frame by frame <laughs> over the tape. <laughs> uh, but we leave. Um, the... But yeah, I believe. Yeah. But I, that is just to say, from what I remember, the stage show. I believe if uh, most of everything is happening already at the Jellicle Ball, like everything, like because it's not so much. Oh, this is the song I'm going to sing later. It's just. We're already at the Jellicle Ball. Yeah, that was a question I had watching the movie because they say, mm-hmm. like, oh, everyone performs at the ball. So everyone's just sort of blowing their numbers ahead of the yeah. show. <laughs> Ideally, if they didn't get kidnapped, we'd have to see them. We'd have to see we all the songs twice. The whole so it's probably again. the best. Do you think that Jenny would have brought her mice and bugs to. Because they perform mm-hmm. at the theater. Uh, she does have a big. <laughs> There's a big, there's a, at one point, just after a number, she's like, you could, t- when she's doing her fucking jokes, she doesn't have anything, but then when the cavity goes to see her, she has this just big <laughs> suitcase, suitcase, supposedly full of the mice and roaches. Roaches. <laughs> oh no. Um, well, we return to the plot, question mark, and uh, Victoria and Mistopheles return to Monka Strap, who's like, where have you been? But Mistopheles is like, oh, I was with her. We heard old Dute is coming, and it's like, yeah, old Deuteronomy is showing up on the scene. Old uh, dude. <laughs> old dude, as they call her. <laughs> you know, for the unfortunately, cool one the more audience. time. <laughs> I said it a moment ago, but uh, old Deuteronomy, uh, uh, just uh, one of the most beautiful pieces of music ever put on the Broadway <laughs> stage. But it's all about a cat walking closer. Yes, uh, you know. <laughs> There's also to enter old Deuteronomy's like introductory song. Victoria has the gall to ask Monkenstrap, like, who is old Deuteronomy? And I'm like, you know why we're here. You know that all we're doing <laughs> is learning who these cats are and what they do. Be, wait two seconds and I promise you will get the answer to your question. 
but yes, they all start singing about how Old Deuteronomy is like the old wise cat respected by all. She's lived for 99 years. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and walking out of the fog is Dame Judy Dench herself wearing Dang. a coat. But still her legs are so tidy at the bottom where like... <laughs> <laughs> And, <laughs> and the coat lays in such a way that you're like violently aware of how like like chicken leg looking her feet kind of are with all of the poofy fur. Mm-hmm. The cats are all bowing and treating her with great reverence. Uh, and this is oh. also when this is the first time we see uh, uh, the character of Gus played by yes. Sir Ian yes. McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen is in this movie also. The eye contact that Old Deuteronomy and Gus make, it's palpable the heat that's coming yeah, out of the film. right? <laughs> like, it's, they have no sort of romantic subplot, uh, as we see in, in Gus's number later, Deuteronomy is, of course, a fan. A lot of people are a fan of Gus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, he's an actor, this yes. character. Um, but, ooh, wow, it steams. The uh, chemistry like this, is palpable. <laughs> it's, like, and I'm sure director Tom Hooper must have had some sort of like, oh, well, you two are older. You know, of course, there's maybe a little more stakes in like getting me born for Gus as he, as he may pass on sooner or later. Um, so we've got to put like some strong tension in this moment. And, you know, I'm sure they did a couple takes and, you know, they may not even be looking at, at each other in the same take that we're looking at. But I, I swear to God, the Ooh. only the only way to read <laughs> the, the only way to read it is, well, we're both very good actors. So we're going to give the moment it's all. But Judy, when I look in your eyes right now, I'm telling you, I cannot believe that our careers have taken us from such heights <laughs> into the back alley of the Egyptian, the name of the club they go to for the Jellico Ball. Yes. Um, which it's time, it's time to start the Jellico Ball as old Deuteronomy mm-hmm. has arrived and addresses all of the cats and they all enter the theater, including Gus, who is here. And the spooky Jellico song is back and all the Jellicles start dancing about as the moon is rising. The jellical moon. What There's makes also... it a jellical moon? No I one guess it knows. just lines up. <laughs> <laughs> like if it was a week from now and it was like a half moon, they'd be like, well, this is a jellical moon this time. Just, <laughs> you know, check these things. It's big, I guess. It's yeah. close. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't associate cats with the moon much, so I'm just kind of taking their word for it. Mm-hmm. There's no real... We don't know how often this happens. This can happen every night. This can happen every night. We don't know. Oh They'd run through cats so quickly. Well, they get new cats. Victoria, they just got in today. <laughs> you think every night someone like chucks mm-hmm. a cat out into the alley, and so every night they get a new cat, and that's how they have a constantly refurbishing supply of cats to send off to the heavy side layer. Could you imagine, um, <laughs> like the uh, like the ASPCA uh, <laughs> every night? <laughs> One cat is thrown onto the streets of London, and every night, one cat goes to the heavy side lair. For just five cents a day, you can give these cats a home so they can steal from you. Any cat who has a house is stealing from the owners or doing something illegal under their noses. Your cat may be inviting hundreds of bugs to dance in your kitchen every night. <laughs> you just don't know. There's... So as you can imagine, and we haven't made much point of it because they haven't, folks haven't. Oh, wait, I did want to say earlier. Oh, yeah. um, these cats have tails. Yes. <laughs> and there's, um, 
earlier, going back a little bit, in Jenny Anydot's number, she starts by singing into singing. someone else's tail. You never fucking see whose tail it is. Isn't that fucking weird? And then later in the song, Crazy. she it goes up in between her legs, which sucks. But then she starts singing into her own tail as a microphone. But there's a... So the Jellicle Ball starts, and um, this is like the crowning moment of the stage show, especially. Mm-hmm. This is like, it's like a nine-minute-long dance number. And... The way they start it in the movie is everyone's tails go straight up. Straight up. Like at the same time, they go whoop. And then they all go really stiff. Mm -hmm. This is upsetting. This is going to be upsetting to hear. If you're a fan of Cats, it's going to be upsetting to hear because, again, I'm not a big fan of the stage show. I don't don't know it that well. Um, But also, if you're not a fan of the Cats movie, this is going to be upsetting to hear. (laughs) As someone who likes the art of the music, uh, of of the movie musical. I, I, I don't have any I don't have a lot of negative things to say about the, ch- <laughs> the Chocolate Ball dance number, like the like the the screen because a lot of the in these movies like the motion of the camera is so important and like you're in it enough where you can like really appreciate the performances <laughs> and like there's a lot of like pairing of course but also there's these great group lifts and like you can tell like there are some set pieces and I'm I'm so sorry to say folks that I unfortunately have. <laughs> A positive thing to say about cats but at the same time somebody who likes the musical cats will go brendan this sucks it's none of the it's none of the good choreography from the musical yeah they do i think they could have benefited from maybe cutting around the scene a little bit less to just like let because mm-hmm. like dancing on screen especially like any sort of like classical dance like we'll see tap later on and that's the big one but like yes. they're dipping into ballet a bit here uh that's just like a it's just fun to watch an artist be yes. good at their art on screen, mm-hmm. and you don't have to do a lot of fancy work to make that work on film. I do think they could have mm-hmm. stood to cut around a smidge less, but it is of the dance sequences. That's fair. One of the best ones. <laughs> I also, because I, I, I <laughs> this is a story I've been saving. Um, I went to. I, I don't know if we've mentioned in other episodes, or maybe not. Everybody is as big of a big as a con head as everybody else. But I went to school <laughs> for musical theater performance. Yes. And uh, we had a class called, um, do, 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 do. oh, it was just called, we just called it Rep, Musical Theater Repertoire, which is, it's not teaching you how to dance, it's not teaching you the technicality of a certain style of dance, it's just, the whole class is teaching you dances from actual shows. And you kind of do it, like, you run it as if, like, you're, uh, you're running it in, like, a dance call. So, it's, you know, it helps you uh, for auditioning. But also, uh, you know, it's just interesting to get... Uh, you know, to get that in you. We, we, mm. we did uh, chorus line. We did the opening in once. Uh, not once. We did the opening in one. Excuse me. Not a lot of dancing in the musical one. God <laughs> uh, heads are loving this right now. Uh, we did. We did some Fosse. I, I fancied oh. myself not too, not too poor. <laughs> the rich man's fruit. Myself. I have to say the Manson trio. I fit comfortably into. But mm-hmm. then we also did parts of the opening number and parts of the ball scene from Cats. Oh. And folks, I gotta say, like. Because the, the big thing, if you're a fan of Cats, the stage show, seeing it, a lot of people walk away with like the, like the how impressed they are from the choreography. And after having it under my paws for a little bit, Aww. <laughs> I, like, I walked away with like a huge, like, like I walked away from those classes, like just huge respect for like the kind of um, performers that it takes. And also, because you can imagine, uh, you know, it's a big ensemble cast and like people get injured a lot, especially on tour. They have, um, they call it a show Bible, this sort of thing, where, like, they have, like, these long, very complicated lists of, like, if this actor is out, then this perfor- person performs in. And if, so, if that, if they're not taking that part, then we have to take these two different performers, they have to fill their gaps. So, like, if you're on, if you're on this show, you have to know, basically, all the choreography and all the parts for every performance. And uh, my teacher, uh, who's teaching us this, uh, 
uh, he toured for it for a while and was talking about the actress who played Victoria in the show, the, you know, the white, uh, the white palletic cat, and that she was so committed to her craft and uh, pushed herself so hard. And this is the, <laughs> it's kind of ironic that like she worked her, she just like worked her muscles too much that she got the kind of hip dysplasia you only see in animals. There was just like <laughs> no tissue. It was just bone against bone in the way that a cat does. This is the kind of commitment that these actors put forth into these performances. Mm-hmm. And I can't knock them for that. But at the end <laughs> of this long conversation we were having about cats, mm-hmm. the, the teacher was just like, oh, and like, you know, anybody have any questions? Uh, you know, for me as somebody who's done it. And then um, somebody raised their hands and they're like, oh, well, what tracks did you do? What parts did you play? And then he went, oh, well, I was like the Bimple Grease. And sometimes it'd be like the Knockabout Twins or the Warmster. And then all my respect for that art accumulated <laughs> over that week of classes right out the window. I was like, cats is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, the names really I'm do sorry. make it hard to focus on the artistry. And I do want to, like, shout mm-hmm. out the actors in this movie. Because it doesn't yes. feel like anyone's doing their worst day on set. Everyone is mm-hmm. trying. They just, they, they couldn't have possibly known what was going to happen to their performances <laughs> after it left post-production, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. on set, and sure, everything looks crazy and green or blue screen, but that's, like, that's movie making these days. They're probably yes. all used to it. They've all been in the industry for a minute. You come in, you really sing your little heart out, you dance your little heart out. You're like, I think I did a good day on set. I don't think anyone could say anything bad about my performance. Jennifer Hudson is, like, exceptionally good. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason Derulo yells milk. We all are familiar with it. (laughs) It's just all of the other decisions in this movie conspiring (laughs) against them. And you can kind of tell in like some of these dancier numbers, like, yeah, no one's doing the worst. Everyone's trying to perform and doing choreography to the best of their ability. And if you can look past the cats of it all, (laughs) you can see that. But it's hard to look past the cats of it all. It's really hard. (laughs) Uh, there's also um, getting back to the getting back to the, oh, yes. the ball during the Jellicle Ball. Mr. Mistopheles takes his clothes off, and he also Tucker takes his clothes off again. Later, when McCavity shows up at the uh, Jellicle Ball, he also takes he his also clothes, takes off. clothes off. Like yep. And this is like like a cotillion. It's like <laughs> it's important that they would only now be like time to get naked. Yes. Well, this they is, were doing a very like formal ballet dance, and then when Rum Tongue Tugger enters the scene, he starts the party, which seems to just be him break dancing, as far as I could tell. Yes, he already gets the part to be he, for like a good eight count before the party has already started before he yes. asks for permission. <laughs> then he busts in. He's like party time, and the music gets a little bit like jazzier for a second, or like I'm doing a little wiggle for the it's audience a at home. It. A bossa nova <laughs> beat. <laughs> Um, some of the cats in the ball spot Grizabella uh, kind of lurking around the outside and they chase her back out into the street. Uh, there are cats in the sequence who are wearing sneakers and they're just sort of background dancers. <laughs> I don't like the. I, think, I believe that if, if I'm not mistaken, in real life, they are brothers and they're like dancers. They're like of note. Do I they hate insist those on guys. the sneakers sticking it? Because no other dancers still have shoes on as far as I could tell. Not many people. Aren't, like, shoes is characters. like... Buster for Jones just wears shoes because he wears spats. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing that pisses me off the most. Is that they it's just, just shoes. <laughs> just like white socks, sneakers. Maybe? I think they might be like Converse high top sort of situation. At least I remember seeing it in theaters and thinking, why are those cats wearing Converse? And watching it again today, 
I was a little less sure if they were specifically, you know, a high top situation or what, but it, that's roughly the scale we're working on. Mm-mm. Why are they wearing shoes? No one else is wearing shoes except for like named characters who have whole songs about it. Mm. They're just there dancing the little heart out. <laughs> As the sequence kind of comes to a bit of a close, all the cats sort of like collapse and Victoria runs out to the street and finds Grizabella and she sings, uh, I think it's, is it the, like the pre-pre of memory is what the term for it is. The pre pre. No, it's a pre pre. Yeah, it's a <laughs> musical theater. <laughs> I think. I think you could appropriately use the phrase uh, pre prize here. Pre prize. Or maybe if you, I don't know, I don't know if you're French, but yeah, pre pre. <laughs> but also Victoria, she doesn't like. There's not a moment where she like clocks. I don't think like, oh, they're throwing Grizabella out. I gotta go after, look for Grizabella. She just like runs out to like get some <laughs> air or something, or like go for a smoke. Like ah, uh, you know. Victoria, this whole time, you know, she's unsure if she's a jellical or not. Um, that's sort of mm-hmm. the big question that they are imposing on the, the whatever this narrative could be considered in this movie. Because, of like, course, you've seen all this at this point and you're still wondering, what's a jellical? What's a jellical? <laughs> is Mungo Victoria jellical? <laughs> is Victoria a jellical cat? Uh, and also Jennifer Hudson gets to stick her feet in some leaves in this scene because she sings the whole thing like kind of laying against a lamppost and they very specifically added leaves to the street and they're just covering <laughs> her feet and they're like very deeply clumped around where she is and then they, there aren't any further away in the background and it bothered me a lot. Um, <laughs> she also has... And Jennifer Hudson is killing it in this movie. She's a fantastic That's a thing. performer. I don't have much to say about this. She's a memory. She's a fantastic singer. So much snot that they left in through all the CGI to the point that There's... makes me think maybe they CG'd it in. <laughs> it just I feels... think they must have. They had to, right? Because it's on like the cat face part. <laughs> it's on the cat face. There's also like there's a moment too where like they cut and then like full snot. Like they don't like animate it like rolling down. There's no liquid physics here. No, it's just there. But she she does her whole song. It's very beautiful, and she starts to back away as Victoria uh, approaches her, and old dude lurks and watches from the holes in the sides mm-hmm. of the theater. And Victoria sings to Grizabella. It's the song "Beautiful Ghost," which is original to this movie, so that they could qualify for like best original song or something like that at award shows. Um, it's, <laughs> it's my favorite thing every time they make a new, every time they make a movie musical. They're like, shit, shit, we gotta add a song. I don't think they did a great job of it. I mean, they've done no. a lot of things badly in this movie, but this one stands out to me. It's like it doesn't even sound like it's in the same show as all the rest of the music in Cats. They get the oldest, most compressed, most reverberated, furthest away piano to play this song. <laughs> on. <laughs> it's like if Taylor Swift sat down and was like, "What does mu- what do musicals sound like?" And Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, "I don't give I'm, I'm putting my name on it." Yeah. But also, like the idea of this song. <laughs> Is so because Victoria is like she's the only one who's like empathizing mm-hmm. with Grizabella, but the point of this song, what, what Victoria is singing, is like I was born to nothing, mm-hmm. and then my owners cast me on the street, so I have nothing, and you have all these memories. You have the beautiful ghosts of what your life used to be, and what do I have now? Uh, I don't know, a, a million cool friends who all like me a lot and and this whole new underground world where everything is joyous <laughs> and dancing. But you, you used to have all that. And isn't that, I'm jealous. Honestly, I'm jealous, Grizabella. <laughs> also, neither of them, Grizabella sings memory to herself. Victoria just watches this. Victoria yes. then sings beautiful memory to herself after Grizabella leaves and then she just watches it. Like they're not they're talking to each other. No. Yeah, they go kind of like halfway on making Victoria the inn that Grizabella needs to get like back into the Jellicle Ball later on. And 
I'm like, you gotta commit in either direction. Either she's completely unrelated and Grisabella just does her own thing, or Victoria has to very actively play a role in this, and you can't do it 50-50. Much less with a song that doesn't belong in the movie Cats. Um... <laughs> when are we gonna get Beautiful Ghost Taylor's version? When is I think like, I'm oh, all... no, that exists, we're right? Off. That... Wait, that 100%. When are we gonna get the 10 minute long Taylor Swift in cat makeup? I, oh, Brendan, I have wonderful news for you. Beautiful Ghost has been covered by Taylor Swift already. It exists. It's out there. But produced? Produced, maybe not. <laughs> the yes. song, the lyrics. I want to hear what her and Jack song. Antonoff can get up to. <laughs> Judy, deeply moved by this, brings Victoria back in for the rest of the ball. And also, this is where she has the word ineffable thrown into her dialogue, unless you forget that ineffable is in this movie. And old D herself introduces... Uh, herself to Victoria, who is finally making this acquaintance and invites her to join the Jellicle Ball, even though it has already been happening for like 20 minutes. Mistopheles. <laughs> the exact line I wrote is, people fucking love ineffable shit in this they movie. They love ineffable. Can't stop talking about it. They love it. Backstage, Mistopheles goes to grab Gus the theater cat. He's got five Backstage, Mr. Mistopheles has put his clothes back on. <laughs> I need to say. It's showmanship. Very important. Gus also, uh, in a feat of genuine mercy from the creative team of this movie, leaves his clothes on the entire time. <laughs> Gus yes. wears his coat and, and no. his scarves. And he just, of the cats, he looks the least uncanny valley because he just sort of looks like a very haggard old man in a long coat mm-hmm. and a scarf. And it's Ian McKellen playing a haggard old man, so it's really working. But he, he's got five to places. He's up for his song at the Jellicle Ball. And Gus walks very naturally through the backstage as he's done this a thousand times before. And, like, Mr. Mistopheles seems to, like, look up to him a little bit because he does a lot of, like, mimicking what Gus does as he walks along. It's kind of a cute and little moment. they're performers moment. at heart. They're performers. One, uh, a seasoned actor of the stage and the other a magician. <laughs> That's the level. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know how that thing it's like all comedians want to be rock stars all rock stars want to be comedians it's every, <laughs> all magicians want to be old west theater <laughs> uh, Gus goes off onto stage and he sings his song about how he is the cat at the theater door he's the theater cat he talks about all his performances he's done in his life uh, Ian McKellen's so good um, it's like this is a good song I do like this <laughs> song and especially I would this is a strange choice they make in the musical for whatever reason, in the stage show, Gus comes out and he sits on his stool and then somebody else sings the song for him. She's like, here's Gus. <laughs> here's Gus. He's also, here. As, at one point, um, Gus does mention that his full name is Asparagus. <laughs> uh, but he says, and that's too much, that, but that's too much of fuss. So everyone just really calls me Gus. Uh, he says this in front of two characters named Mr. Mistopheles <laughs> and Old Deuteronomy. <laughs> old Dute, Brendan, Old Dute. I'm, not, I'm not so familiar. I haven't, she hasn't welcomed <laughs> me into the ball yet. But also, this is so kind of Willy Wonka, uh, Willy Wonka ways. So, mm-hmm. so Jenny Annie Dots, she's yes. a dummy cat, but she, of course, uh, you know, she's very active come the evening time. Uh, uh, Buster for Jones. I was trying to find a flaw in his logic, but he just sucks. Like, nobody likes Buster for Jones. It's fine <laughs> if you don't like him. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, that's the thing about Buster for Jones is there, there is an irony there, too. He's, you know, he's this big cat and he goes around all these clubs, but also when he can't go to the clubs, he's out in all this trash. He's, he's, he's supposed to be puss in spats, but he's like, finds himself, uh, you know, among the garbage. Uh, at one point, pretty early in the song, uh, Gus goes, I'm not the cat that I used to be. That's no way to, that's no way to win the Jellicle Ball. That's the last <laughs> thing you want to say. It's all about being the most you cat you can be. You, 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 you've, you've tanked yourself. Yeah, you've taken the L. Even though you'd be the shoe in choice otherwise, if it weren't for the sudden appearance of Grizabella. Um, mm-hmm. 
Also, Judy Dench is watching this whole thing lounging in a basket. She's and what size is that basket? <laughs> is this is also when she puts her leg up at the yes, end of the number? Yes, yes. <laughs> he does this whole song. He's like he builds up to his greatest creation being the fiend of the fell, a role he played in his past. Pay attention to that one because like much like Chekhov's skin suit, it will come back. And uh, <laughs> as he finishes his song, there's like a thunder crack, and everyone cheers by meowing. And Judy Dench sticks her legs straight up into the air. Straight up. <laughs> Who is Judy Dench's leg double? How do you get that job? Ooh, how? I, I know, and <laughs> folks in the UK, or I should really say parts of the UK, but folks in parts of the UK, again, I don't don't mean to keep picking up your uh, dearly departed, but uh, I know the Queen of England, she had a woman, you may have been talking about this recently, Sophia, <laughs> who's telling somebody about this. The Queen of England had a woman who her whole job was that her thing was that her feet were the exact size and shape of the queen's. <laughs> so before the queen would get a new pair of shoes, they would give them to this woman so that she could wear them around and break <laughs> them in a little bit. But, like, I mean, I mean, she's a uh, uh, Judy Dench, uh, dame, OBE. Like, she has members <laughs> of the royal staff, I'm sure. Who's walking around that's a perfect leg double of Judy Dench who can still Ooh. bring it up to the heights? <laughs> Or is that what Camp Boot Camp is? Everybody that might have been part of Camp Boot Camp. With their, with, their, uh, with their ankle. Yeah. You, you go in, it's sort of like flexibility training and all of that, and by the end you can lift your leg up so high. But Gus finishes a little number, and uh, he gets his big applause. Everyone's very happy to have seen Gus perform, and of course they'd be happy. It's Surrey and McKellen acting to the walls. I'd love to, I would have loved to watch this moment. Like, this is the thing, I'm like, like, this would be a fun day to be on the set of Cats, is like, to watch them doing this. I would be very this. sad, actually, to watch, <laughs> to watch Surrey and McKellen in... Like the like a, in a green man suit against nothing performing alone. It'd be a pretty. Thing I do to hear, sometimes but. forget that like because everything is just so intangible in this movie that like yeah no they. You could say ineffable if you'd like. Everything was so ineffable. Is that what ineffable means? I have no idea. It's unable. It's unable to be effed. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. It's nothing. Somebody's it's not nonsense. a joke. Okay. <laughs> This is not a movie for those who like definitions. But as he goes back backstage... Uh, they will tell you exactly <laughs> what a cat is, Sophia. <laughs> <under> your horses. <laughs> he goes backstage. McCavity is here. And he magics away Gus, this time just saying his name. He's like, McCavity! <laughs> he says exactly, exactly like that. He says, McCavity! <laughs> and before we can dwell on that for even a moment... They're like, it's Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. And we just Fuck yes. <laughs> I like Skimble Shanks too. I love Skimble Shanks. <laughs> this is a decent 10 minutes of this movie. Skimble Shanks <laughs> rocks. But also, this is because Monkey Scrat, especially in the in the beginning of the film, uh, he's like kind of like the main cat, even though yes. he has no story. <laughs> he, he doesn't have no a song like, to explain who he is. Doesn't have a plot doesn't have anything he's really connected to in the story he's just like cat. hey if you need somebody to sing for 10 minutes you can call me but he starts uh the opening of uh, uh for uh for skimble shanks not on the stage which means they made ian mckellen like sit in a little broom closet and somebody to get him and you could have just done it whenever 
but uh, Skimbleshanks the railway cat. Skimbleshanks the railway cat. The cat, cat of the railway chain. So all throughout the background of this movie, there's been a cat running around in like red pants and a red hat. And the whole time I'm like, I need to know what this cat's deal is. There's no way they're not going to tell us about this cat. And audience, I'm so thrilled to tell you that that is Skimbleshanks. He looks like a Mario brother and he is in charge <laughs> of the railway and he just makes sure that like the trains go off without a hitch and they can't I leave think- without him and it's great i like him so much <laughs> i think there's like i don't know if you have old possums with you or like if you if, if this is uh, one directly from there yes. but like there's something like it, I, I feel like there is something like not culturally but like there is some sort of like tradition or superstition about like having a cat for a train like there is like it's something to the effect of like oh well we can't leave the cat's not here like the cat does hold some he's not like a ticket taker <laughs> is what i mean to say he's not operating the engine but there's like a oh well we gotta have the cat on the train. I guess kind yes. of like a mouser or something. I also want to take this time as you uh, as you thumb through um, the book to note, uh, Skibbleshanks, like a Mario brother, does have a big mustache. Big there's mustache. Whiskers. But <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's thick, it's chunky. Like you'd enter it into a mustache competition. But, like, shouldn't every cat, or at least every male cat, also have a giant mustache? Are the other cats <laughs> shaving? You can't shave whiskers. That, like, hurts, right? No. You can't, like, trim like those off. A, they're not meant to be trimmed. That's like a Every thing cat thing. should have a mustache as big as Skimbleshanks. <laughs> There's a little drawing of Skimbleshanks in the copy of Old Possums that I have. He's got a little flag to let the railway go. This shit rocks, folks. No little, <laughs> no little mustache, no little pants, but... But just a good little dude. He's got a little pocket watch because he's got to know when the train is going. The poem, I think, does sort of imply that Skimbleshanks is doing a lot of the operational duties of like a conductor on the train and not (laughs) just wandering about. And that fucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is also a scene that I feel like now is a good time to talk about the sound mixing of the Cats universe. Sophia has been talking about this since (laughs) we saw the movie. She hasn't saved it like some of us know the podcast is around the corner. So this is where we get a big tap number and it's visual, like, it's great. I love watching these cats tap dance their little hearts out. Again, tap on film is like one of those things. It's very classic. uh, Tap on film. Don't you dare bring a net into this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as they tap dance, they tap dance on different materials. They're not tap dancing on wood. They're tap dancing on metal. (laughs) And when they tap dance on those materials, they do make it a point to have the tap make different sounds but neither of the sounds that they make are appropriate for the material on which they're <laughs> tap dancing and i think that this is just a, a minor part of the bigger tapestry of how weird the sound mixing in cats is because everything sounds like it's been recorded in a wallless void of which there is no directionality and when you're in a theater watching a show <laughs> sound is coming from a direction <laughs> Because we're also in this number two, we're someplace imaginary. This is the yes. only time they do this in this in the show. Is that Skimble Sanct? He starts it in the theater, but then goes on to railroad tracks, and then goes on to a train. A train itself. Like that is all cars. supposed to, and it's like the theater of the not theater of the mind, but that's sort of like oh, it's metaphorical. Yeah. Of course, we know he's still in the theater. But this is the only person who does that. So you, yeah, you think they would make it appropriate? Either oh, we're always in the theater, or well, we're outside right now yes. on railroad tracks. But no, no, no. They, it's just, it doesn't feel like there was any thought put behind the sound in this film, which is a shame because it's a movie musical and it feels mm-hmm. like maybe sound would be an important element of that. Also, I know scale is a big thing. <laughs> <He> is. <laughs> yes. 
You mentioned it a lot, size. and I I can't fight it on any other <laughs> on any other point. Um, I mean, I can argue it sometimes, but on this point, um, they're when they're on these imaginary train tracks, these cats are like two inches tall. <laughs> they're tiny. They're tiny. Cat- Either the trains are massive, which when they go inside we see is not the case, or those are tiny cats. Also, when they're inside the train, there's a moment in the song where all the cats go woo woo. <laughs> And it's really oh, cute. Oh, she <laughs> fucked Sophia. I love that. that. <laughs> this was I said before. This is the time I actually caught Sophia. Luck. People shanks the song where I'm like, oh, maybe cats fucks. <laughs> There's a point it gets like disco. He's like, burp, 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 yeah, burp, 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 it's burp, burp, great. <laughs> For as confusing as it is if you look at it for too long, it's also if you just like let Skimbleshanks happen to you, it's like maybe I can get back into the movie. And it's at a point where the movie's been in a lull for a bit because we get sort of Gus and then it goes back up. But now we're back. Um, but to end the song, we re-enter the theater where the Jellicle Ball takes place and Skimbleshanks starts doing a bunch of spins and he keeps spinning yes. and spinning and spinning and he spins up into the air and then he's gone in magical sparks. He disappeared. <laughs> He just spins away and he's gone and McCavity's music kicks in for his big musical number sung by Bomb Ballerina, who was played by Taylor Swift. This was her big moment I hear she's for the really movie. good in this movie. <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> I think maybe there are better <laughs> actors in the movie having seen it twice. But she didn't do a bad job. I don't, I don't really know other context for how Bomb Ballerina There's nothing else you to need sound. to do. But like she, I also, I need to mention, um, she like she's in like this big crescent moon. Yes. It's a piece of set. Yes. That she has been up uh, and as long as the ball has been going. <laughs> <laughs> she's been waiting up there in a little kitten heels with a little bottle of bejeweled bottle of catnip, waiting to also lounge. another <laughs> another cat only wearing shoes and it makes her look much more naked than yes. any of the rest of the cat. It looks Taylor like- Swift also. She looks much more like Taylor Swift than any of the other cats look like they're actors. (laughs) She has a much more, let's say, human figure than many of the other cats do in a way that was, I'm like, I don't like that that's as noticeable as it. (laughs) Uh, So she's like, she's like sprinkling this, uh, this catnip overall, uh, overall the cats and it's getting them interested in dancing. And I did have a note. I was like, it feels unfair and unethical to pass out free drugs as part of your act. But hey, (laughs) that's McCavity, baby. That's McCavity for you. He's a, as we'll learn... (laughs) Because we learn a lot about McCavity in this song. He's broken every human law, including the law of gravity. And mm. we it, just saw him do it. We just saw, we saw him, him lift do it. <laughs> Skimbleshanks. Unless that was Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks. No, I have to believe that that was part of McCavity's magic. Skimbleshanks is just like, wow, I have so much more clearance than I thought I would. And he's just still going. Um, every human law. Every human law McCavity has broken. Larceny. He's broken it. Grand Theft Auto. Broken it. Grand Embezzlement. Broken it! Every human law, Brendan! Treason. Broken it. Sophia, uh, a little little (laughs) peek into the comedian's brain. There are only so many crimes you can name that sound funny and aren't awful and sad. (laughs) (laughs) As much as I wanted for that to go on as long as possible. McCavity has broken those other laws as well because he's broken all of them. Every human law. Every human law. The human is important there because this is not that he's broken all the laws of Cat's world of which it's impossible to tell what is and is not illegal. He's broken the laws of of the real world. Every constitution he's read like a checklist. Yes. (laughs) Going bop bop bop. (laughs) Out in the world he's like, I'm going to break all of these. He's wanted by Scotland Yard, which is a human organization, and we did slightly talk about this a few days ago. But I wanted like, to save it for the pod, but we were going on about it. It, it just came up naturally, as these things do. And 
So is there like a cat specific division of Scotland Yard or is there a human assigned to try and find McCavity and hunt him down and get him to stop breaking all of these laws? Or, and you also, this is your point, uh, but working with Scotland Yard, even now more supported since you noticed uh, the name changed at <laughs> the beginning, is there sort of a Sherlock Holmes type? Sherlock Holmes type. Because <laughs> in Cat's World, Moriarty is McCavity. Yes. We have no reason to believe that it, when he enters the human world, actually, he's not just Professor Moriarty. <laughs> it's a horrifying implication of like, do the cats turn human? I guess we, we see them Ooh. as... The- <laughs> are these people who are now living their lives as cats for a night no but i think because we see them before the cat's transformation happens that that's ruled out but yes yes is does this really like recontextualize all of the sherlock holmes stories is like not not that his great rival was some man but in fact a cat in a trench coat (laughs) (laughs) i got a willy wonka this again Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. these are lines from the song and a lot of this and this is well-trod territory um McCavity, oh, we gotta say, McCavity at one point does join in the song and rips his uh, <laughs> rips his coat off. And once you enter the ball, it's kind of customary to get naked at yeah. least for a moment. But as I'm, <laughs> it's hard to not think about Idris Elba is really the only cat you could say about, I guess Judy Dench as well. But is really the only cat whose um, fur color really just matches his his human color pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when he does get naked, it, it does just feel like it does feel, he's, <laughs> he feels a lot more naked than a lot of the other actors mm-hmm. in this movie. And it doesn't help that we'd seen him less naked for most of the rest of the film. It feels so wrong. It feels like, oh, I feel like I was supposed to see this up in this naked. <laughs> but these are lines in the number. McCavity's a ginger cat. Head highly domed. Sways his head from side to side. I'm sorry, folks. He's none of those things, nor does he sway his head from side to is side. It not the he's most, not the jellical choice. He's not the jellical choice, but is it also not the most jellical thing to be the opposite of whatever people are saying that you are? No! <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's like, that's like the Mungo Jerry Rumpel teaser thing is not in the... Uh, no, I mean the uh, the Rum Tum Tugger thing, but that's his problem too. Rum Tum Tugger's pr- pr- thing is like he can't make one decision. His decision to compete in the, in the Jellicle Ball and to want a new life defeats all of his oneness, right? Doesn't it? So in doing that, he's failed himself as well. And also, I'm thinking out loud now, Rum Tum Tugger doesn't get disappear no, right no oh I just, <laughs> <laughs> so later on we'll go to the barge and mccavity's like i've gathered all the other contestants here so now i have to be the only choice but he never gets rum tum tugger he's just not magicked away at any point rum tum tugger doesn't sing his song we never see him do it if he does i don't think he does no he just doesn't well oh oh isn't that most, the most rum tum tugger thing of it all <laughs> no yeah. To say he's gonna perform tonight and then not. not what a good. what subtle layers. To <laughs> what a deep and nuanced tapestry we've woven today. <laughs> um, also, there's the cats. So the other villainous cats of the movie: Mungo Jerry, Ripple Teaser, and I guess Bomb Ballerina, and also a cat who is wearing a beret um, are slinking around throughout this number, adding catnip to the crowd. And they don't mm-hmm. tell you who the beret cat is, but we did have a moment where both of us were like, "Who's the beret cat?" Fucking beret cat. <laughs> McCavity joins in on the big last verse. Big stairs appear out of nowhere, leading up to what you can only assume is an imitation of the heavy side layer. And he and Taylor dance their way up to the top, 
where McCavity demands old Deuteronomy make him the jellical choice, expecting to win as he is the only contestant left, but as we have established, Rumtum Tugger is still around. And he didn't put his name in, and he didn't put his, if he's not doing his song, he can't. I guess, but Judy's, she's like, never, you'll never be my jellical choice. She judges a cat by its soul, and he magics her away to the barge where all of the stolen cats are hanging around. McCavity still questioning uh, old Doot demands another life and being denied, he tells Growl Tiger to make her walk the plank. And uh, Judy Dench does deliver a line um, with as much <laughs> as much panache as she can muster. Uh, You'll never be my jellical choice before she starts <laughs> having to walk the plank. <laughs> Uh, back at the theater, all of the cats are distraught. They can't find old Doot. And they just, they're just like, we can't just magic her back. But Victoria's like, yes, we can. We have magical Mr. Mistopheles. And uh, he's... <laughs> he's... Again, a magician. A magician. If, imagine the president went missing. <laughs> and we were like, Chris Angel, you have to. <laughs> You're the only one. <laughs> And he's he's very unsure of himself. Like he's very uh, like, oh, I don't know. So the hit, the version of the song they're singing here is like to try and gas up Mr. Mistopheles to get him to do the magic and to bring old dude back. Mm-hmm. Um, Monka Strap and Victoria kind of lead the song. Um, at one point, Mr. Mistopheles is doing like magic tricks on stage, and when he pulls out cards, they're cat size. But then he pulls out a dice, and it's not it's too big <laughs> for a cat, but too small for a human. Dice are all different size. Sometimes it's big dice. Sometimes it's that small. Dice. It was like barely bigger than his hand. It was weird. <laughs> it was a weird size. You wouldn't have gotten them from the same set of whatever they were. No. Um, he keeps trying to magic old dude back throughout the song, but it doesn't work until the very end. Um, I also, um, I, I, I need, I need to mention um, that at one point, uh, Mr. Mistopheles is talking about his accomplishments. And at one point, does mention that uh, he uh, produced seven kittens from his hat. Yes. And uh, during this line, he, he removes his, his top hat, and there are the children mice from before, yes. and they run away because there's cats. But, <laughs> and I, I made a big point about this during watching the film. Mr. Mistopheles stole a bunch of babies. Did he create <laughs> them from nothing, trick? or did he steal them from other cats? Ooh, could you imagine creating a baby from nothing by accident? <laughs> Seven of them. Seven babies. <laughs> On a magician's salary? In your mind, what is a magician's salary, Brendan? Because I, my only contact for this is Arrested Development, and my understanding of it based on that is nothing. <laughs> I feel like there's two... There's no middle... No one's making a comfortable living as a magician, right? <laughs> like, it's either, like... It's either like birthday parties sometimes or you sell out Las Vegas casinos every night. There's no no working class magicians out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Also, when he does pull the kid mice out of his hat, like very loudly in the mix, they have the kids say lines like, run for your lives. And it's like, they're in real danger right now. They're in a very, it's very, this is the big like crowd pleasing, heartwarming number of the movie. Everyone's coming together to like bring old Doot back. Uh, and these child mice are in an entirely different sequence but she comes back she does after several failed attempts victoria Mm -hmm. find like it looks like he's failed for the last time victoria brings the song back up the music swells he waves his magic wand at the basket old dude isn't there but then from behind the crowd they hear judy dench singing and the key change and the song continues and she's back and all is well 
But, <laughs> and then this is also, so, uh, you know, after uh, Mr. Mistopolis has proven himself to Victoria, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's no more prelude. No. They can finally, <laughs> they get close to one another once again. It looks like they're going to kiss. And then they just kind of rub shoulders at one another. <laughs> they <laughs> do like the, the biggest thing level. a cat would do about like rubbing its face into a different cat. But also they still look very human, so it just looks strange. And then <laughs> they cut to all the cats surrounding uh, Old Deuteronomy. And they're all doing that to Old Deuteronomy. <laughs> so we can only assume... <laughs> That that's the highest level of intimacy. And then Victoria sees Old Deuteronomy. This might be a little later. I might be getting ahead of myself. But at one point, she goes nose to nose for a yeah, nuzzle with Old they Deuteronomy. Yeah, do the same thing. In front of Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> I guess it's just like a big, you know, they're all very affectionate, these cats. The jellical cats. Um, also, he flies around That now wasn't on the list, really Sophia. Magic. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does fly. He flies. He flies, he flies around. He's actually he magic He breaks the now. law of gravity. He does, like McCavity, but he hasn't broken every human law, so he's not a villain yet. Um, no. Yet. Yet. We he stole know. some babies one time. <laughs> he's broken a few. We don't know. Um, Victoria now spots Grizabella, because, again, if everyone... If you're familiar with cats, vaguely, there's maybe, like... A few things you know about it and one of them is that the big song is memory and we haven't heard memory in its entirety yet so you can only guess what the next song of the show is only heard it for two minutes so the next five minutes (laughs) uh first before we can let grizabella sing memory we have to return to the barge where mccavity swears he'll still win before poofing away uh and this time when he disappears we stay at the barge and all of the other cats who have been disappeared use their respective cats powers to defeat growl tiger which means that jenny eddie dots takes off her layer of skin to reveal the leotard once more to she's escape from her up. chains <laughs> yeah she's she's got one big thick chain and she <laughs> takes off the cat suit yes and somehow just taking that one thin layer off squeezes out squeezes on out uh, at one point in the scene, Skimbleshanks is tap dancing. To... He's tapping. <laughs> he's threateningly tapping at Grouse Tiger to back him up to the plank. Yes, and uh, he backs up to the plank, and uh, to finally send him over the edge, um, Gus does his fiend of the fell routine. He's like fiend of the fell, and like spooks him, and he falls over the side, and that's guess the end of Grouse Tiger. And all of these cats are fine now. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Gus is very proud to have murdered another cat. Yeah, well, he's been so long since he's gotten reprises, his role. <laughs> but also, like, if I was, if the guy who did the voice in Scream, respected voice actor, mm-hmm. did the Scream voice at me, I wouldn't be like, oh, Jesus, fuck, <laughs> and fall off a boat. I'd be Maybe like, Growl pretty Tiger cool, I love that Maybe not a big theater aficionado. Maybe he's unfamiliar with the role and it spooked him. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I didn't know, if I answered the phone and I didn't know screen voice, and he was like, "What's your favorite scary movie?" I would, pre- yeah, no, that is a good point. <laughs> but we return to the theater after this, having resolved the issue of what's going to happen to the cats who got magic away, which again does not include Rum Tum Tugger. He's in the background of all these other songs. Victoria sings at Grizabella so that she'll start memory and leads her into the theater where the cats are reluctant to let her in, but Victoria just demands that she sings, and so she finally does, and it's memory, and it's just really good. It's good. There's <laughs> it's nothing good. to say. There's not a lot <laughs> to beautiful say singer, about this. Beautiful voice. Jennifer Hudson uh... kills it. She's so mm-hmm. emotive with her voice, and like just fantastic like brings as much of what she brought to effie 
in uh, in Dream Girls to this number, yes. <laughs> even though because also because I, I you know she's only in a few scenes, so I can only imagine Jennifer Hudson wasn't on set a lot, so she mm-hmm. didn't get really the vibe of the rest of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm sure. She's like, oh well, I sing memory this very emotional good song, and everyone else has been good, right? Like the rest of everyone, Do you everyone. think they shot? memory before they shot the scene where she has to crawl on all fours away from rum tum tugger because i feel like if you make me do that first i'm not as inclined to give you a balls to the wall like all out performance later on you know (laughs) (laughs) go bees to dump (laughs) i think i think she sang memory Mm -hmm. they got the takes they needed out of it and then they shoved her over (laughs) <laughs> and then she crawled away she's like jesus christ i'm not coming back no not doing another day on set um but she kills it and of course she is uh old dude's jellical choice Grisabella thanks victoria and gets danced off over to the vehicle of her ascension to the heavyside lair up 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 sing up, up at her for a while it's, just, it's to the tune of mr mistopheles but instead of writing new lyrics, they just <laughs> sing up, 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 up to the heavyside layer. Yes. Uh, also, the he- the heavyside layer vehicle in which you got there is a hot air balloon made of a chandelier, and so they like make it float by lighting all the candles, and then she floats up in this like chandelier situation. Which do they need to get a new chandelier every time they do this? <laughs> Does it come back? Did McCavity need old Deuteronomy's okay at all? Could he have just lit all the candles? Just lit all the candles. If he could find a different vehicle to take him to the sky, would he go to the heavyside layer, or does it like activate? You have to have permission to get in, you know? Because we'll see what happens. Well, okay. in just a moment. In just a moment. Not you don't have to get. Yeah, don't calm down too much, folks. You can really get antsy now. We're just rounding yeah. the corner. No, no, not no. much film left. However much you think is left of the movie, I promise there's more. Um, no, there is more. Than <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She starts floating up through the ceiling, and there's, like, a little string hanging out, like, ribbon hanging out from the bottom of the chandelier, and as she goes by, McCavity grabs onto it, uh, and he tries to use his magic, but it doesn't work, and then he falls off onto a statue, and he's fine, but he's not magic anymore. Oh, no, what a consequence for McCavity. <laughs> Do you never get any sort of clear, there can only be one, sort of, like, because Mr. Mistopheles yeah. has the power? Or maybe he was sort of, like, mystically tied to Growl Tiger in any sort of way. Just, while we're he at the end magic of the movie. magic no yeah. more. Yeah, we need to defeat this villain. The cats all head out to the square, now in the daylight, as the sun rises and they sing to the sky. And you can see that Judy Dench has human hands in these shots. Yeah, she definitely, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and this is it the It was moment... worse when we saw it in the theaters. Oh, yes. There were more human hands. But, like, yeah, she definitely <laughs> she has definitely human hands. She definitely still has human hands in a couple of these shots. They did not, I think they made the choice after Cats was released to not spend that much more time in post-production for it, to go back and fix out some of the hands. Um, Mm. But this is where she speaks directly to the audience about what a cat is. And it's the moment that I felt the most trapped by the movie Cats. And I thought, you know, I know it's coming this time. Maybe it won't be as stark. And somehow I think it may have even been worse having known that I'm like, there's literally no way of knowing when the sequence is going to end or when Judy Dench will stop trying to tell me what a cat is and is not while she stares directly at the viewer. It is not. She is staring into the lens of a camera, uh, engaging with the audience watching the movie. None of the other cats are really looking straight at it. They're all sort of looking at her, too. So she's talking specifically to you. And she just talks about what a cat is and is not. Uh, Brendan, do you have Let me any, tell you what a cat is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I got them all. Uh, first of all, she says, you've seen us at work and at play. We haven't seen you at work. 
<laughs> I guess you could argue that maybe like Jenny's at work with her little Mouseketeers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no, this is, sorry. <laughs> I've got to point this out. When they get outside, when they get to the plaza, by that point, you never see them leave the barge, but anyone who was on the barge has come back. Yes. Rum Tub Tiger, of course, we can only assume, has bowed out of the competition gracefully. When Old Deuteronomy makes the Jellicle choice that it's that it has to be Grizabella, there are no other competitors. It is exactly McCavity's plan. She just sang a nicer song. Also, and not to, so of course Grizabella, she fell from grace. She was the glamour cat. And now, because she's the nostalgia cat, which is <laughs> fine. Cat, I guess she yeah. is. Yeah. But, no, yeah, there was, it's the exact same thing. Judy Dench had no other choices. <laughs> but then they rejoin uh, They re- rejoin uh, on the statue. Everyone's there again. Yes. And um, she says, you see this at work and at play. I guess older Deuteronomy, that's her job, but very easy job to spend a night at the theater and then go, I like you best. <laughs> Here's how you know what a cat is. First and foremost, oh, Jesus Christ, do not forget, if anything, cats are not dogs. No. Not dogs. Cats are not. Uh, cats can speak, of course. They, do, <laughs> they are much weaker than dogs, just so, as the film has told us, and they do not look like anything like Vin Diesel. No. <laughs> and now, if you want to talk to a cat, mm-hmm. here's how you do it. Don't speak until you're spoken to. Or Do. This is exactly what Judy Dench says. She's like, here's a role a lot of people say. I kind of go either way with it. (laughs) Next, you bow. You take off your hat. You've had to have a hat on this whole time. Oh, cat, is what you said. You go, oh, cat. Oh, cat. Now, it's time to give cat little a treat. (laughs) Sausage, perhaps? Or, uh... Or, or, or maybe a little bed, or a little trinket, I think she said. And then, and only then, can you call a cat by his name. Which, though, I guess is the family name, or the family name parenthesis cooler, or do you, <laughs> or is it only at that point where you're like, I know the fucked up little name you came up with for yourself. I don't think that it's the fucked up little, like, it feels like it should be the fucked you up little know, name, yeah. but you'd have no way of really knowing. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of times in this song where they'll cut out to the wide shot of all the cats and you think maybe you're finally done being looked at by Judy Dench, but they always immediately rocket you right back into her gaze. Snap back to old blue eyes. <laughs> and uh, this is the final song of the film, though. Yes. There's only one last mystery to clear up. I know it's, it's, it's been on everyone's mind the whole time. You've been wondering. What have... is a jellicle cat? And, and is, is Victoria, Victoria a one? Cat? Sophia? Can you bring us home? We turn to Victoria as old Doot looks her in the eyes and says, you really are a jellicle cat. So yes, she is a jellicle cat. And what is a jellicle cat? A dear little cat. <laughs> a dear little cat. Because T.S. Fuck Eliot's all the shit like we said niece before. or something. Like, used yeah. to say it funny, and that's why it's jellicle in the poems, and then in the musical, and now in the movie. Hmm. All the other cats have left. We pan up to the chandelier. <laughs> it flies off into the clouds and then it fades out like you took a slider and you just turned the opacity <laughs> down. And after it fades Real away, the layers, movie job. just ends. The movie Done. is over. There's no other scenes. It's just credits and you're out. <laughs> 
that's cats, cats. Funny, folks. That's cats. Now, uh, Sophia, <laughs> I was very happy to have um, to have gone through a lot of cats with you, mm. as is traditional on your um, on your show. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is of course the um, the uh, this is a, you know this is a special episode, mm-hmm. and so I thought I'd put in a little more effort. Oh boy! Uh, than I usually would. Well, I, again, you were with each other on screen. I was I was taking notes the whole time. I feel bad. Maybe I took a little less notes than I would have, <laughs> but I was taking notes in this notepad, and I was also keeping this post-it note. Oh no! And um, <laughs> Sophia, as you can see on the post-it note, it's a good uh, it's a good number of uh, tally marks, uh-huh. dashes. And um, again, this is well-trodden territory. You know, a lot of people have said a lot of things about cats over the years, but I wanted to get to the bottom of something. And the bottom is where I went. Sophia famously, uh, I believe after Cat's Theatrical Run, it came out that at one point uh, there was going to be a production design decision um, that all the cats would have assholes. That that you see, much like when you see a cat in real life, Mm -hmm. would be shoving its butt in your face. Yes, of course. And so, Sophia, for you (laughs) and for the listeners at home, and again, I was I was half in my notebook sometimes, uh, making all those very detailed observations that we absolutely needed to hear. <laughs> but when I could look up, so this is maybe a little less. When I when they could look up, I was counting how many discrete different points we would have seen a butthole in this film. <laughs> and Brendan, what did your very scientific research reveal to you? Guess how many buttholes were in this movie, Sophie, or would have been in this movie? I think you had a lot of tally marks on there. Like seventy. One hundred seventy-five buttholes. That's so many. <laughs> it's funny because sometimes, like, if you could tell, like, if um, if they really wanted you to listen to the song, they would not have the cats turn their backs to the camera. Like, you could tell <laughs> while they were filming this, they knew, like, we need front shots because we need yeah. everybody to take this seriously. We gotta make sure they know the whole time. But also, it made me realize if at the time of production that they were like, there's going to be buttholes, wouldn't you, a famous person, go up, to the, go up to the producers and be like, hey, can you put me in like a little scarf or like pants or something? There's no fucking way. <laughs> the only one who was truly safe was Skimbleshanks and maybe Gus. Everyone else, free for all. He's a consummate professional. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Skimbleshanks is uh, is a theater actor. He's not, he doesn't do a lot of movies. So he's like, if I'm going to do a movie and it's got to be cats, no one's seeing my butt. <laughs> not a single <clears throat> butthole. In, can you imagine having to be the person on the post team to approach Dame Judi Dench and say, hey, just so you know, non-zero chance people are going to see a butthole in this movie. Non-zero <laughs> chance is going to be on you. Uh, <laughs> wow. And, uh, no, sorry, I, I did. I did want to give everybody the the butthole update, as it were. And then, last order of business, or at least last order of business that I have. The thing about the Jellicle choice mm-hmm. is that you know you sing your song about who you are as a cat. Oh no! And uh, I think this is going in a different direction. I haven't written this song, Sophia, because I didn't need to. But you sing a song of yourself, mm-hmm. and you have to be the most yourself that you are. Sophia. Yes, Brendan. You have a cat. I do have a cat. You said earlier in the early in the episode your cat's name is Ziggy. Ziggy, yes. Sometimes goes by Zigatha, depending on how we're feeling that day. Sophia, where do you get the name Ziggy from? 
This from the uh, cartoon panel, uh, no, perhaps? Like the... Brendan, you, no, Brendan, you may think so, but actually, it's from uh, the David Bowie <laughs> album and or song <laughs> the same name. And it's not even... <laughs> it's not even... That you named your cat Julie because you're like, oh, I love the Fountains of Wayne song, Hey Julie. Because nope. the song's not about Julie. That's about a man who works in an office and wants to come home to his girlfriend, Julie. Ziggy Stardust Ziggy is Stardust a song is a... about Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't want to get on a bad foot with Ziggy. I've never met your cat. I'd love to meet your cat. But Sophia, going through some of these lyrics... <laughs> I don't know if Ziggy would be <laughs> angelical <laughs> choice. Starting from the top. Uh-huh. Oh, oh yeah. Ziggy played guitar. Okay, promising. Lots of I'm musical I'm asking you if your cat Ziggy plays guitar. Well, it's a great question. Um, there are no guitars in our apartment, but it's entirely possible that she's crafted one from cardboard and hides it somewhere that we can't find. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put a maybe on that one. Ziggy played guitar, jamming good with Weird and Gilly and the Spiders from Mars. Does your cat jam? With weird gilly or spiders. She does your does. cat jam with spiders? She, I think she has a contentious relationship with spiders, so that's probably mm-hmm. a no-go on that one. Mm-hmm. You played it left-hand. Do you know off the top <laughs> of your head if your cat is left-handed? If she is going to attempt to bat at my foot, she does use her left paw. I think Ziggy might actually be left-handed. Okay. So point, we're for getting point for Ziggs. Played it left-hand, but made it too far. Became the special man. Now, of course... She's, she's a girl cat. Would you describe cat. her as a special little man? I do think she's a special little man. <laughs> <laughs> then we were Ziggy's band. I think you and your roommate. <laughs> that's an ample. <laughs> I think we're going the up and up for Ziggs. I think maybe this song is working out better for her than anticipated. <laughs> Ziggy really sang. She is quite. Is she a vocal kitty? She's pretty loud. Mm-hmm. Usually the second you pick her up, she'll kind of just give a disgruntled like, meow, you know? Mm-hmm. Screwed up eyes and screwed down hairdo. My younger brother. (laughs) My younger brother met my cat, and uh, he described her as a garbage cat. As you said, her (laughs) eyes were always doing a weird thing. So actually, Mm -hmm. yes. Screwed up eyes, screwed down hair. Uh, She has a crooked tail from like when they got caught in a door when she was a kitten. So kind of. Oh. Did you have Ziggy when she was a kitten? No, I adopted her when she was like a year old. Okay. Previous owners. Like some cat from Japan? Where was the cat? Where is the cat from? <laughs> uh, the Animal Care Centers of New York. So, oh, okay. Before that, who knows? Did, mm, he could look him by smiling. The Ziggy, if 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 is Ziggy a looking cat? Yes, yes, she is smiling. I don't think cats can smile, so I'm going to go. No. <laughs> it's supposed to be just looks of disdain. He could leave him to hang. Do you feel sometimes that Ziggy has? Yes, quite frequently. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to skip this next <laughs> Fans of David Bowie might recognize uh-huh. why. No, I mean, I'll go over it. You can edit it out if you... Came on so loaded, man. Do you think Ziggy's... <laughs> does he get into the cat... Or does she get into the cat, Nick? Excuse me? Uh, you know, I actually have given her cat up a few times, and she doesn't really go too crazy for it, which I mm. thought was funky. No, I feel like Ziggy, being a female cat, or any cat gets a cat spade and neutered, and being a black cat doesn't uh, may not apply to these, but uh, well hung and snow white tan are these things you would choose to I think describe? both of those are a swing in the mist for Ziggy. Shame. That stanza is not really about Ziggy. Ziggy played for time. Yeah, I'd say she stalls sometimes, you know. <laughs> really depends on what the situation is. If she's trying to get food, there's a rush, but... Uh... 
I'm trying to keep you from leaving. Now, uh, do you ever feel that uh, Ziggy, in any uh, in any of your definition of the word, jives you that we you, that you were voodoo? Do you feel jived? And <laughs> do I feel jived? I don't know that I feel jived. Uh... Sure, but would you describe Ziggy as the Naz? <laughs> I'm also going to go no on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about God given ass? <laughs> Where are you at with that? It's like... No, I think an aforementioned tail injury is not doing mm-hmm. Ziggy any favors in oh, this line of the song. Yeah. Took it all guitar. Boy, could he play guitar again? Who oh, know. Making love with his ego? <laughs> <Does he laughs> that might just be a, a blanket yes for most cats, I'll say. Yeah, I'd say that's a, that's a yes just on, a cat, mm-hmm. on account of her being a cat. Sucked up into his mind. Again, that's all cats. Yes. A leper messiah. She's not losing any. Uh... <laughs> no, it doesn't quite apply. Mm. I wasn't keeping exact track, but I don't think it's unfortunately, looking good for Ziggy. Sophia, <laughs> I don't think Ziggy would be the jellical choice. So I guess I'll just have to keep uh, keep her here with me instead. No one's gone the heavy mm-hmm. side layer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brendan, this has been a delight. Uh, I guess usually this is where the podcast we do closing thoughts on the movie, although my usual questions feel inappropriate for the movie cats. What are the usual questions? You know, like, is, is there, did you, first of all, did you like the movie? Would you watch it again? And is there a situation where you might recommend our viewers watch this movie in? <laughs> this is, this is a good, bad movie. Yeah. Like in very, I think I watched, hmm. <laughs> I keep a list uh, since the, since 2020. I've kept a list in order of any movie I've seen that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily new releases, but movies that I've seen in the order that I've seen them when I've seen them. In the beginning of 2020, I once upon a time in Hollywood because I was working. This is interesting. This is this is very separate. This is very theater school of me. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I was researching. I was doing research for a show I was musically direct. I was musical directing and writing for that was about Charles Manson, and I, specifically like about the murders. I, spoiler alert for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's not. That's maybe not what goes down in that movie. I watched Snowpiercer, uh-huh. and then I watched Joker, and then I watched Cats. <laughs> Folks, this may be a point of contention. But if you if you if you if you're a true con head and you've listened to now three episodes with me, I liked Cats a lot more than I liked the Joker, <laughs> and yes. I would far more recommend it, because the Joker, in my opinion, is kind of a pretty shitty movie. But the thing about Cats is it's a god awful movie, <laughs> and it's just that line that makes Cats so much more enjoyable to watch. Yeah. If you can swing it, I'd recommend. Um, you know, doing it with a fever, 480p <laughs> through a video screening app where you're catching every 10 seconds. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The, the the buzzing anxiety in the back of your head of, oh my God, do I have the coronavirus? Uh, that's, I think, I can't recommend <laughs> enough. And if you have great company like I do both times. Aww. If you're watching, I think if you're, unfortunately I'm saying this at the end of this, <laughs> this podcast. I think the way to do it is watch it and then talk to Sophie about it. So. <laughs> So if you're inclined, watch it now and then, then play. Press play. We'll uh, play skip again. to the front to end of this podcast. As we know, it's kind of like people who like to read the end of a book. Some people, I guess, would like to listen to the end of the podcast. I assume that's a thing I, I, that exists. I'm assuming you're when Harry met Sallying all of your content. <laughs> yes, then watch it. But no, it, this is a, a fun movie. 
right. to watch and riff with your friends. Like it's not, mm-hmm. I don't think I would choose to watch Cats alone necessarily, no. but it is it's a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can kind of just let it happen to you and it's it's fun to laugh at and I don't feel as too bad making fun of it because it was high budget and everyone working on it is going to be fine regardless of like, yes. this, like <laughs> no one on the in, in the life except for maybe Tom Hooper is going to have this movie to find their career in any way and he's fine mm-hmm. he can go yes. do whatever he wants so it just feels like okay to make fun of um and it's just it's a blast it's, and the thing is like when it's because there's moments where there's like shining glimmers of it being a good movie shining through and like some of the performances especially and so you get that like high of watching an actor perform well and then immediately you're reminded what movie you're watching afterwards <laughs> and that sort of whiplash is irreplaceable um, but yes if you have a uh, Brendan or a friend of yours to watch it with definitely does make the experience better um, <laughs> That's... I'm available for rent um, <laughs> drop a plug in a moment but at Connors Brendan if you if you uh, if you tweet at me and and do have a similar <laughs> yes if people I mean thank you for a similar up, sort but... of viewing setup <laughs> yes it's that uh... I would uh, I could be I could very well be convinced to watch cats with you if you'd like the true experience as it were Yes, 480p every 10 frames. It's really the mm. optimal way to experience it. I have to it. wait till I get sick again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining us, Brendan, even though you are sick. I hope you feel better. Um, thank you. <laughs> people want to hear more from you, Connors Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, at Connors Brendan on Twitter. I, I said it the last two times. I'm working, <laughs> working on getting this podcast out. Watch there for... Uh, for uh, any updates, it's called City of Supers. I swear to God, this is supposed to be a trailer. As soon as I finish the music for the trailer, uh, <laughs> doing all right. It's going to be funny. It's going to be fun. Uh, maybe we'll have Sophia on at some point. But uh, no, yeah, uh, I, I, I thank you so much for having me, giving me, uh, <laughs> giving me something to do. My disease state. It's been a fun cat's day. Cat's um, day. We've been at this for, in between watching it and recording and the intermission, we've been at this for almost for five hours. Woo. Cats day, baby. <laughs> so I, I encourage you to maybe schedule out a day, have a cat's day with your friends, yes. and then maybe you don't have to ever think about the movie for again. Yeah. Yeah. Have a cat's day. That's our advice at the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you to all the patrons also who made this episode possible without you guys you know, getting us to that stretch goal during the drive. This wouldn't exist. I wouldn't have subjected Brendan to cats once again. Um, so <laughs> it's all. How it's many? All because... what, hold on. Hold on. Hold mm-hmm. on. So I know we're at the end of us. Uh, we're at the end of the yes, yes, yes. The, the stretch. Go- <laughs> the, the the pledge month has already happened, and people know about the second thing too. Yes, we did reach the second okay. goal, which was Morbius. Reached the second goal. Morbius is is going to be coming soon. Mm-hmm. I know we're not in any sort of stretch <laughs> period, but what is if I had to? <laughs> hmm. I'm just trying to think if there's any sort of more motivating factors that I could, because if, if I'm not mistaken, this goes to patrons, uh, is going to patrons, yes. and then perhaps later in the other feed. But I really, I encourage you all to get this to your friends as early as possible. <laughs> so, but I encourage you to, uh, you know, tell your friends. It's a really wonderful podcast. It's great, uh, great work that Sophie is doing, Aww. and she does the reviews and all. And I've heard the Discord, Discord, excuse me, is a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, but if we could get 10,000 subscribers, new, newer upgrading by midnight, October 31st, Sophia and I have agreed to, um, uh, you know, it's kind of in the vein of other podcasts, but taking it one step further, have Cats Day every day uh, for a year, 365 <laughs> days, we can get to 10,000. I'm oh, putting it on, no. I'm signing, uh, I'll sign whatever docu sign Sophia <laughs> wants to send me, 10,000 new upgrading by 
October 31st. Cat's Day every day, folks. <laughs> Maybe we won't even record a podcast, but you could just sleep well knowing, Cat's God, what a happened. terrible life these folks have to live. Well, on that note, I guess I'll go ponder the fate that is to come. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> um, I have been Sophia, the podcast cat, and that this has been Brimble Camp's The Regional Railway Cat, and <laughs> we're out of here. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode of Movie Struck. Regular episodes will resume on Monday, but I just want to take a moment to thank all of the folks who joined us during the Patreon drive this year that made this episode and its sister episode, which is currently available on Patreon as a patron exclusive for another month, Morbius possible. Thank you guys for supporting the show, and thank you to everyone who has supported the show throughout its run. It's because of you guys that I'm able to not only feed Ziggy my own cat, but also make this program possible.